0: You are listening to Ace Comicals. I'm Greg Driver. I'm joined by Rahul Johnny and Leon Everett. Let's go! Ah! of the crusade and the search Bruce Wayne has returned to Gotham Alfred is gone John Paul Valley, his campaign of terror and one night deeply violent crusade on crime has ravaged Gotham, the mansion is in a state of repair, Gotham has lost her true champion, she's lost trust in her true champion, the mantle of the bat this uh, urban legend, saviour to some nightmare to others, now resides in the iron claw of a zealous dark paladin who has appointed himself judge, jury and executioner Bruce is determined to take back the mantle. He must correct his mistake and restore it to its former glory. But first, he needs to regain his edge before going toe-to-toe with John Paul for the title. And it's all here, the thrilling conclusion to the Nightfall saga and the fallout of these explosive events. That's right, Ace Comicals presents Nightfall Part 5. We're finally at the end, boys. How are we feeling?
1: (laughs) It hasn't ended yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. But we read it all. We read it all. We, we some, made it. Some you. of us read
2: it all. <laughs> you guys read it all, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I didn't it. quite. I didn't quite read it all. But I read most of it.
3: My um, eyes saw it all. I read most of it.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I carried
2: so, it all, but I didn't read it
4: all. <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah, I did. I did read it all, top to tail. You're um, a better man than than us, Greg. <laughs> no, I'm just. <laughs> I just literally have nothing else going in my life other than comics. <laughs> no,
2: nah, nah, you're worthy of the cowl.
0: <laughs> You've earned it. Yes. Uh, now, there really is just one arc here that closes out the battle and puts the mantle back where it belongs with Bruce Wayne. Um, but following Nightfall, the story is not truly over. It, it isn't a tidy ending. The actual return of Bruce Wayne doesn't take place straight away. He still has some soul-searching to do, and in the interim, he hands the cowl to an accepting Dick Grayson. Uh reluctantly accepting dick grayson he's not not really totally into it because he's i mean like i think he just enjoys whining about it (laughs) i can't really tell whether he's like fully you know because he wants to do it but at the same time he doesn't want to do it like you know um both men must decide what they truly want Dick is still trying to find himself and ruminating on past failures and must decide if he wants to fully follow in the footsteps of his mentor. This is the portion of the story that we call Prodigal that follows directly after Night's End. Uh, on from there is Batman's true return in the pages of a um, an arc called Troika, which is a four-part arc that reestablishes Bruce in Gotham and gets him set on the road to repairing the damage that Jim Paul has done to The Legend of the Dark Knight. A job started when Dick temporarily takes up the cowl. Um and also included in the collective version of Troika in the books we're using, which are part of the twenty-fifth anniversary recut, um you've got two extra issues that aren't exactly part of the main Troika arc. It's Nightwing, Alfred's Return, and Batman Vengeance of Bane number two, which are more or less the capstone two night the, the whole nightfall saga there's like these books like reestablish the status quo and tidy up after all this messy nightfall business rather elegantly in my opinion um and they they tie up those loose ends so um without further ado we're going to start at the top with night's end and we're going to get into it uh beginning at robin number seven which is where we left off last time now i believe i said on the previous episode that robin number seven is actually technically the uh conclusion of the crusade and the search Uh, the conclusion to night quest. Um, but I feel that it fits more with this end of things than it does with that. I think this is a, a, I think, I think leaving night quest where we left it previously with this kind of like, um, empire strikes back energy with everything falling apart and gone to shit, um, without Bruce coming home kind of works better for me. Um, but yeah uh, so we will dig in so Robin number seven so yeah this is this basically brings together the two streams of the crusade and the um, the search and this is like where Bruce comes home and I was expecting more fireworks to be honest when he found out the truth when I first read this it's like how the actual fuck did Tim manage to keep this quiet from Bruce and why <laughs> why? Why didn't he tell him what was happening? Like what? Like why? I mean, Ray, we'll start with you because uh, we'll, we'll get your opinion on this. So, first of all, like, what do you think of like you know what's going on here with with Bruce's return to Gotham, uh, seeing the mansion in a massive state of disrepair, confronting Azrael about his um, what he's been doing. Since Bruce left and how he's been treating the place and everything else and deciding that Azrael's not fit for the job. Um, and the fact that Tim managed to keep all this under his hat. So <laughs> I think
2: I might have an immediate spanner in the works because I don't think, um, Robin number seven is part of the version of Night's End that I read. Mine starts exactly with, um, like Bruce meeting up with Lady Shiva and like mm. learning, uh, like learning the arts from her. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, maybe pass to somebody else, but like that, that sounds interesting. I don't think I got to that bit unless it's somewhere else it's, in the book. That it's I read.
0: actually, it's actually at the end of the crusade. So it's actually at the very end of the crusade and the search. It's actually like the last comic.
4: Um, I see. But, okay. Yeah.
0: So, but I've chosen to include it on top of this instead of doing it last ish, last episode because I prefer it as the beginning of Night's End. Um, Marv, any thoughts? Um, well I I did kind of um, because
3: my my version of Night Quest uh, like you said had this tacked on to the end of it instead of um, being in the interim or being at the beginning of Night's End so I did read it um, for the last set of comics but um, in in answer to what you were saying about where you prefer this you prefer this as a start to the events of nightsend End, um, I would be the opposite opinion, because the first time that I read Robin Number 7 was um, when we were covering um, Night Quest and the Crusade, uh, sorry, the Crusade and the Search. And I think that yeah. it, um, it works better as a cliffhanger for, you know, teasing Bruce's return, uh, having him not be quite ready to face off against Jean-Paul uh, and sort of finding Gotham and the manor in disrepair Um as a sort of uh, you know oh my god what have i done i have to you know i have to fi- fix this and then you're sort of left thinking to yourself how is this going to finish i mean obviously i've read the conclusion beforehand but as a narrative uh, set piece i think it works better as the cliffhanger ending than it does as the beginning of the uh, the, the the final ride you know um yeah and then in in answer to what you were saying about um, <laughs> how did Tim keep this all under his hat and why didn't he say anything it's one of those I think it, uh, at first it's this thing of like you don't want to tell your dad he's wrong <laughs> and then every day that he didn't tell him it gets worse and so it's like oh god if I didn't tell him a week ago and it was that bad how can I tell him now that he's fucking killed someone
0: <laughs> true true <laughs> just the, just the, the, this, the, 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 um, the omission of truth. And the, yeah, the, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Like, it gets it's... worse and worse. The bombshell <laughs> just gets larger and larger and larger until it's like the windows of the mansion have all been put through. And, <laughs> the omission
3: uh... the, the of truth. Bruce is like, how are things going? It seems like I'm alive and Gotham is still standing as a city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: not on fire yet <laughs>
3: <laughs> not it's all that, on fire yet <laughs> it's that
0: it's that this is fine meme isn't it yeah yeah like, <laughs> cause that's kind of what like cause Tim just has to just like uh, throughout the whole of night, like Night Quest he was consoling himself wasn't he he was like well if Bruce chose him <laughs> Bruce must know what he's doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um Leon where are you with all this um
1: yeah like I, I can agree with Marv in in sense of, like, f- theming-wise, I think it would work well as, um, like, the hook to get people in. But um, I still think it... Like, the way uh, like I've read it, like, according to how you set this up, um, it does work as a sort of... Um, uh, like, a, a, a prologue or something? Yeah. Um but it, it is weird, as you, as you like alluded to earlier, like Batman's reaction is super understated. Yeah,
4: it's super really chill about understated,
1: it. and that moment is really underplayed um, as yeah. presented, because like I don't know, I I, I expected uh, like a bit of soul search and, and uh, some anger there and some broken disappointment, and especially um, with all the. Uh, like it's almost like a comedy where um, Bruce is back and he's like saying, "You know what? I might retire. It's great." And it's <laughs> and, it, and it and then it makes the uh, the the thing that Robin has to to in- to like encounter with him. It makes yeah. it all that more weighty because it's like, "Are you kidding me?" It's like it's just stacking on. It's like as as if Bruce was like, "Man, I I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever want to be Batman ever again." I mean, like. It kind of sucks being a superhero. Like, I might just blow up the Batcave, and it, <laughs> it's like uh, laying it on so thick that yeah. I, I can understand uh, sort of the the mountain that um, that Robin has to climb. But um, yeah. it is weird because I thought after all that, like, it would be like quite explosive. Mm. Um, but it's just a case of like yeah I guess that life I fantasized about is gone, and I'll be Batman <laughs> forever then <laughs> it's just got it's like gone in the blink of an eye
0: the ga- the gang lets like Sean paul have the key
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is like it's like amusing it, a bit a bit of hyperbole but um yeah, yeah it it is a weird moment, but I did like that that setup, and I like a lot of the that the lines used in terms of Bruce saying that like he hasn't even really been Bruce Wayne, he hasn't really had a time to be Bruce Wayne. Um So yeah. like maybe he can try being Bruce Wayne, and it, and it is a cool setup, and it feels more earned here than it ever does in like the movies uh, where Batman say, "Yeah, like, yeah I, might, I might hang it up or whatever," like second movie in or something. Like here, you really feel it after all the Bane stuff and the consolving stuff and all that stuff. All this big like series of events where he's had to build himself back up and everything. Yeah, that, that like if John Paul was on the up and up, it would be so good to be able to like pass over to the next generation and uh, uh, like
0: enjoy life. But um, mm. he does he doesn't get to doesn't get to enjoy that yet. And Tom Grummett knocks it out of the park with the pencils and everything. It looks great. Um And it's just, um it's so like, at the end of the day, like what is Batman and who is Bruce Wayne and who is Batman? Bruce Wayne, like he can't be Bruce Wayne. There is no Bruce Wayne. So if you look at it from that perspective, when he's, when he's like, I haven't had a chance to be Bruce Wayne, it was, it was, it was, you never were Bruce Wayne and you never will be like the minute your parents died in that alley, you became Batman. Hmm. Like, there's the, we always talk about this when we talk about Batman stories that the Bruce Wayne bit is the mask. And in, in this story in particular, when he goes, when, when he's had his back broken, he's still Batman. When he's off trying to save Chandra, he's still Batman in everything but in the way he's dressed. Yeah. So it's like, you can't really, um, i don't i don't think when he's you know like i don't feel the yeah that i might hang it up thing i understand that and understand him wanting to hang it up and retire because that's you know it's a tough it's really tough like there's only like of the throughout this story actually this is another thing i was gonna bring up but throughout the whole of the saga um like you you get this whole kind of like thesis of like that's kind of like unfolds in front of you. Like the thesis of this whole thing is like, what is Batman? What does Batman mean to Gotham? And what is the relationship of the two? And that's explored through different people taking up the cow And I don't think when Bruce Wayne is saying he wants to retire, I I, I don't feel like he wants to be Bruce Wayne. What I feel like is he wants to retire from being Batman. But he wants to be able to leave it in in capable hands, and it's like he just doesn't. It's not that I want to be Bruce Wayne bit. It's that I don't want to go out at night and get my ass handed to me anymore bit. <laughs> like I feel like it's more the physical. It's it's less. It, it's because I don't think he can be Bruce Wayne. If you understand what I'm trying to say, yeah, it yeah. doesn't exist. Bruce exists. Wayne's not a a, a an en- he's a non-entity. He's a mask. Batman wears. But yeah, so, um, on from there, we go into the first half of Nightsend, which I guess we will. So this is kind of like the opener for, this is what I wanted to kind of display as the opener, but we were foiled again by the cut, uh, because Ray didn't get this comic. <laughs> so that's that. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll move on into, um, the first portion of Nightsend, which is where Ray, Ray started with it, which is like Bruce, kind of like trying to get his edge back, getting back into the training. Um, So, yeah, this is like Bruce's training and uh, he meets up with Lady Shiva um, and uh, it basically, for the first half of Night's End, it becomes a martial arts movie. Uh, Batman 509 through to Robin number eight is him regaining his edge and getting back in the saddle, as it were. And from then onwards, it's like the, the, the main event, the big fight. But, um... So we'll discuss all of this together and we'll just talk about, uh, in, in one swoop, because I don't feel like there's much, uh, material going issue by issue, but we can, we can pick our moments and we can just go through all together, um, Bruce's training montage. So this is, this is the martial arts movie, uh, end to the bat, I guess. Um, so, um, Ray... What's your impressions of this bit? Because this is where you started it. This is where you opened the book. So where do you sit?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I picked up *Night's End*. This is where *Night's End* seems to start. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at least in the book I got. Um, yeah, so *Spirit of the Bear*. Like, I I had to really turn my brain off for this and just find the fun in it. Like, um, I, one thing I've really struggled with for this entire run is to like remember the context and not um, place too much of like my modern, my current sensibilities onto this story and just like just try and enjoy it um so the stuff that like i kind of bristled against but then found some you know like 80s 90s love for was like this introduction to lady shiva and like the uh this vaguely oriental asian like you know a uh, bunch of american dudes just cherry picking broad asian stereotypes and shoving them into a martial arts flick i i i didn't like it at first because like she's got a hindu name and she's got this vaguely chinese writing on the wall and then she says sensei but then she's wearing a like a japanese tengu mask and all this stuff like it feels like an 80s action flick and once i i realized that i started to kind of enjoy this and the overall thing where it's like it's an it's just another gauntlet for him to run through but in a much stupider fashion i kind of dug by the end of it like there's a really good point where he's um like he's fighting this succession of, uh, of dudes and like there's a matrix reloaded style fight on a, on, on a motorway. And like he lands on a car, which, um, you know, stops at the end of one fight and like he's shouting at the ladies saying, like, why did you stop? Like, why did you keep going? And it turns out the person who gets out of the car is the next person he has to fight. Like stuff like that is, <laughs> is really cool. And I, I, I kind of dug all of this, like just stupid excuse for him to get back into shape and. Yeah, it's good if you turn your brain off.
0: Yeah, he's he's getting his edge back. He's um he's getting back into it and he's getting back on back in the saddle as it were. So, I mean, like my favorite parts of this um cuz like you said, it's not very if you look at it, it it's not it, it's it's like the complete opposite of culturally sensitive. <laughs> because it just like you said, it just cherry picks from different Asian cultures and slams it all together and tries to it, it does this thing that martial arts movies do um, from uh, martial arts movies from a certain time that were made in the U S they kind of tend to do, which is they tend to lump everything into one homogenous blob, um, mm. which it, it doesn't, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because I can, I know what's from where and everything else. And I'm just like looking at it, like, why are you doing this? Like, does it, is it that hard to pick up a book and look at it and, and decide and, you know, and, you know, try and, and just, Pick one kind of like discipline or one, <laughs> you know, is it that difficult? Well, you have like, to
2: like. I'm not here to like argue or defend yeah. uh, any of it. Like I'm just pointing out that it exists. But like, um I do. I do kind of like the <laughs> the broad excuse of like this this character who again uh, probably has a broader, richer history in the DC like comics universe than than I understand. Um, Lady Shiva, I mean. Um, but like the fact that he turns to her. And then she's, she, she kills one guy who happens to have like seven, un, like, you know, underlings underneath him and then hands her mask over to Bruce and just says, Hey, like wear this and then deal with whatever comes next. And like, I never quite got whether Bruce cottoned on to the fact that he was being played that way. Like, uh, like he was just dealing with a bad situation that she needed cleaning up and like he, it just, the, the confluence of him needing a training and her needing this mess cleaned up happened at the same time. Or maybe I missed something, but like, I, I kind of loved how, like how dumb that conceit yeah. is.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, she's not really, she's, um, she's an expert martial artist. She was member of the league of assassins at one point. Um, she's also the mother of Cassandra Kane. um, that means nothing to me. Cassandra Kane <laughs> oh, yeah. is, um, Batgirl at one point. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's, she's the, the woman that Bruce chooses to get her back into, get himself back into the saddle and, and get his edge back because she has no qualms about killing. And, uh, she's this deadly expert assassin martial artist. That's her whole shtick. Um, yeah. I mean, my, my favorite parts of this portion are the bits that I loved the most. With the bits where Bruce was stand- walking up to the edge of the gargoyle, looking down yes. and asking, Am I ready? Mm. Those yeah, are those... the pages that do it for me. Yeah, I really liked
2: yeah. the uh, like his hesitation put on page. Yeah. And like I do think it repeats it quite a lot without showing what is changing incrementally in him, like getting close and close to the edge. But like I feel like him just it just being on the page is enough to show that, like yeah. um, I don't know, like, there's something broken in him that he needs to repair, and it's, yeah. it's part and parcel of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, because he wasn't just broken physically, he was broken spiritually as well, mm. which is probably part of the reason why he decided he might want to give it up for good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love those parts. Um, my favourite of the... Because you've got all these different martial artists that all have different disciplines and things like that that Bruce ends up coming against, and there's, like, all sorts of, like... Um, different shapes and sizes and characters that end up popping up. There's this one dude called Manimal, um, who like mimics animals and things that Bruce fights, um, while he's out at a log cabin near a lake somewhere. Um, (laughs) there's, um, like you said, there's the, the matrix style fight with the, um, the cars, which is pretty cool. There's too many, the, the, the too many ninjas bit, which is kind of fun. um, my favorite guy is the guy that's had the plate put over his voice box <laughs> in his throat. Um, he's like the last guy that Bruce fights, I think. So he's like the really big dude who wears like the red mask. Um, and he's like naked apart from a red loincloth and a red mask. Um, and he has a, um, a plate over his voice box or something because it was a weakness because Bruce, uh bruce says to himself in his mind he's like oh um who i'd love to meet the guy who took out this guy's vocal cords and it's like no one took them out he just had something put over them so he couldn't be killed that way
2: (laughs) Um, i like i like how he protects his throat so bruce just jabs him in the eyes instead
0: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) um so uh move on to marv what do you think of the martial arts epic this
3: this to me is night's end like i will i'll push i, I know um i know that there isn't a 100 percent meaning in your word choice so i'm not like um brushing up against it as like actually but like i will brush against the um the whole thing of it being like a like a stupid conceit and stuff because like i my place in all of this is like the midway point between rahul and greg when it comes to like batman history um dc comic book characters and like the whole um the whole framework for this whole storyline and everything. Cause like, I know more about Lady Shiva than Rahul does, but way less than Greg does. But I know that <laughs> in, in the context of when this comic was written and uh, the DC comics landscape as it stood, Shiva is the number one person that Bruce would go to, uh, to rehabilitate him. Like, like the, I think a step down would be if he went to like uh, Ra's al Ghul, uh, Ra's al Ghul, sorry. And like Talia and the, like the league of shadows, like, Shiva is a person who could and will whip him into shape, and like he says, it's because it's interesting. Like he she she he owes nothing to her, she owes nothing to him. It wouldn't be because it wouldn't be like going to Catwoman and have it be like this camaraderie blood debt thing. It's just that Shiva's interest would be piqued at the the chance to rehabilitate the Batman. So it makes sense from that standpoint. Mm. And the fact that she is a blood well, not bloodthirsty killer, but like a remorseless martial artist that like She's in it for the challenge. She doesn't care about life and death. The fact that she set up this gauntlet, and it is admittedly um, convenient that somewhere in the Chinatown of Gotham there is this dojo that has a master who has seven masters who were previously his students. But the <laughs> fact, the fact that she, the fact that um, she kills him, gives Bruce the mask, and like he does figure out that there's a transmitter in it and everything pretty fast, mm-hmm. and that like that, yeah. that he is he he knows that he's being played by this, but it plays into his needs as well. Like he needs to be trained. He needs to run this gauntlet so whatever yeah. she's done he's fine with it as long as people don't die um i think one of the notes that i put down was that it's um one of the only dumb things that De bruce does in this section is bring the first master back to shiva like he knows she's mm. gonna kill him the second he turns his back
0: <laughs> but i, I, I didn't, I didn't I did. like how
3: oh sorry no go on go on go on, go on. I,
0: was say, I didn't like how indifferent he was about shiva's killing yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose yeah. at that at that point he wouldn't have had the power to stop her. If he'd have been like, "Don't do that," she'd have fucking broke his neck. But <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, to be, to be fair, Mom, like I wasn't questioning like why he went to Lady Shiva for training. If anything, actually, I agree with what you said. Um, so uh, like I I think it's really interesting that he went to someone who is a remorseless killer who doesn't share the same values. And I kind of like like that's the Batman that I the Batman stories that I enjoy where he he has his own particular rule set and then the story posits a different rule set that he has to, you know, conflicts with his own. And yeah. then through that, he explores the edges. And I think... I feel like it doesn't quite do enough with that, but I think just it being... It just being on the pages is, is somewhat enough, I guess. I think when I was talking about, like, the dumb conceit, I think I meant just the Too Many Ninjas thing that great mentioned, oh. which is, like, a succession of slightly slightly stronger people in a row. Like, it, it felt it didn't feel as organic as, like, the gauntlet in um, Nightfall. Mm. But And I don't know if it was even trying to repeat it, and it was just almost like a it, it's a necessary thing when you're doing, you know, 12 issues of a, of a run of the yeah. story or whatever. But, like, it was interesting, at least. Um, it, yeah, and I was yeah. entertained
3: it's true it's true and um, one of the biggest notes that I've got against this section is that it feels like a 70s martial arts movie um, mm. like mixed together with a video game in all the best ways so like it, it almost feels like when Bruce is running this gauntlet he's Scott Pilgrim facing against like Ramona's evil exes like the fact that they just keep coming one after another in like increasingly um, uh, uh, coincidental meetups and stuff like you said with the the, the one with the, the next master just happens to be driving the car that they fell onto yeah. when they finished their last <laughs> fight and stuff so like <laughs> it's (laughs) it makes it it makes next to no sense even if the two masters had planned that out and they'd had a big meeting beforehand like how how could they plan to fall on that particular car but it works in this story because it's a video game and Bruce is leveling up and then he get cut scenes in between boss fights where he's um, standing at the gargoyle and again like you said this this that's my favorite conceit from this section is like Mm. you're not ready like he's standing and he's having flashbacks to like year one Batman just leaping and and like having no qualms about making the jump and he's like his hand is shaking with the it, and, and he's like not yet like physically he's there he's strong he's fast his back is healed like magical baby yeah. chandra has healed his back muscles and he's like physically he's ready but he's not mentally there yet his instincts his reflexes his training isn't where it needs to be for him to be ready to be the batman so that's one of my favorite framing devices and there's lots of like yeah ham-handed but like heartfelt uh, symbolism throughout this like when she gives him the Tengu mask and, um, you know, he's, uh, she says, oh, it's you, but not in your, you know, not in your normal form. And, you know, it's been taken, it's been co-opted, it's been usurped. And then she yes. gives him the Tengu mask and says, you know, if you cannot, if you're not ready to wear, um, you know, your mask, your true mask, then at least assume your totem. Like, yeah. it's all Samurai Jack stuff, man. Like, it feels so... yeah. Oh, it feels so Cartoon Network, like 90s, 80s, 70s. There's something in every decade I've lived through that I can see reflected in this story. And obviously a huge part of it is I grew up reading it. But I love the framework of that. Um, I love the gauntlet, even though it is a very video gamey gauntlet that when you think about it for too long, it doesn't make any sense. I just love the the flow of that. And that the underlying current is like every couple of issues, he stands at that same gargoyle that he jumped off yeah. the first time he wore the cape and cowl. It's just, mm. I think it's beautifully wrapped up in the... Um, in the uh the, i don't want to use the word symbolism again but like just yeah. the imagery and the yeah I'll, I'll say it the symbolism of like him not being ready mentally and like reflex and instinct wise um to take up the mentor
0: yes and how fitting that part of this uh this training this uh these um th- should take place in a theater <laughs> yeah i mean like that was one of the things that i picked up on as well like the symbolism and everything else this is what i love about this that it's like it, it, we're rebuilding the batman but in quick time
4: um, <laughs> yeah.
0: and like the 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 fact that part of it takes place in, a, in an old theater is is absolutely spot on for me like the only thing missing is like the mask of sorrow flickering away <laughs> <laughs> so leon where do you uh let's get your thoughts on this as well
1: yeah, echo a lot of the stuff that you guys have said, particularly what um, what Marv said. Um, the I can't remember the name of the guy, but the guy who you were describing earlier, um, Greg, the one who ha- went like the the red mask and the yeah, the red just I, I, I just call him Zangief.
0: <laughs> I don't think he has a name, does he?
1: But like, uh, I really like the stuff with him, and like fr- throughout, we've had a lot of. Um, Batman going through, like, this inner monologue of how he's not ready yet, and how um, his senses are are off, or, like, dulled, and he needs to sharpen them up again. And um, I do like how, during that fight, um, we sort of get his read, each one, but it's not done in, like, the Sherlock Guy Ritchie ones, where it's, like, uh, bullet time, and then he's, like, (laughs) talking us through his different options of how he'd strike back. Instead, it's (laughs) him like in real time downloading this guy's fight technique and mm. um trying to figure out himself what he's got in him to respond to it and what he'd normally do and what he can do now and um and being aware that as he studies um him he is being observed too and i really I really love that stuff having to uh sort of build back up um because he has the muscle memory there, so it's not like he's at uh step 1 but it's like awakening that is uh, deatrophying or whatever his muscles and get, getting himself uh, back in shape like um like an athlete who's had a big um like injury and been out the whole season and now he's like trying, how, having to remember uh mentally but also physically uh how like being Back to where he was, because it wasn't just a case of Batman is a good uh, like fighter and, and greater combat, but uh, it there's a, a different type of awareness that you get of Batman where he's like two steps ahead, and he's having to to relearn that And I think that that fight uh, and it's um, uh, like the inner monologuing is is really cool, and the way how it's sort of into cut with um jean paul's fight uh, in his like batman suit aboard the um the boat mm. the, yeah. the ship against that like cable looking guy <laughs> um <Yes. laughs> like, and, uh, like there's such chaos w- with that fight and like all the um uh like the, uh, all, the all the speech um Boxes, they're all like jaggedy because he's uh, been struggling with all the the Doom in, in his head. So he's kind of like just going off because he's super dogged on this mission to to enact vengeance. Uh, so like, yeah, all, all all that stuff working on on top of each other is, is really good. And uh, as you say, the 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 iconography is very um, it's. I mean you could say it's like heavy-handed but stuff like it being in the theater and all that and the gargoyles I think it 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 works especially like for when this book came out um, mm. and like this being a a, a rein, reinstatement of of um of the Batman after his uh, symbolic death I think is um is pretty cool
0: Yeah I mean um I was going to mention as well actually because what what what's happening at the same time as all the martial arts stuff is Azrael is getting worse and worse his delusions are getting worse um he's like he's having basically he's having arguments with himself before he goes in on uh criminals and things like that and uh what's happening is a bunch of gun runners um and they have ties to his past which is all the stuff from sword of Azrael. you know like the um the the demon bis and all that stuff um which we talked about in one of the previous episodes when we talked about Sword of Azrael and introduced Azrael and John Paul Valley. Um but anyway, so these gun runners have ties to his past and he, he there's a coin uh that he catches that has um it's the Saint Damas coin that was probably used to mesmerise him uh or, or activate him in the first place at the beginning of the uh the whole thing. Um and it, it basically just sends him even further over the edge uh and he's like i must exercise the demon bis um and he goes hunting for leah uh because he screams it an awful lot um and that's happening at the same time as bruce is getting his uh getting his uh his, his 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 bat back getting his getting his bat his bat on again um And like, like, uh, Leon was mentioning just then we've got like, uh, the, the contrast in, in the two Batman and in the way things are like, because you've got this like heavily teched out Batman with like automatic weapons and things like that. And then we've got, we've got Bruce, um, relying on his wits and, you know, his martial arts finesse and everything else. And, um, the differences in the types of fight as well, it's, it's not just the fact that we've got, you know, like a, a finessed martial arts fight that is you know clean and uh and precise and everything else we've also got the difference in in, and against this this brawl we've also got like the the technology involved and everything else like it's almost like we're reading two different comics we've got this pulpy adventure comic and then like on the flip side of that we've got like this 90s all guns blazing action epic dark dark edge heroes with um you know like like we were talking about when we talked about the crusade, basically the fact that um it it's almost for them trying to test this this new edgy batman as like this new edgier darker character this anti hero type who's got no qualms about killing who's, who sits in a little bit more of a gray area um as far as morals go and things like that, and the way that he um And like his, what he's, his kind of like world versus Bruce's world kind of thing. And it's reflected on the pages. Um, And I think that comes across quite well. Um, We're also treated to a a Mignola cover, Mignola cover and Mike Mignola cover, which is very nice, which is um, Legends of the Dark Knight um, number 62, which is uh, part four of Night's End. Um, And uh, yeah, that is a, that is a cool cover. That's the one with, uh, you've got, Batman, as Batman proper, Bruce in the uh, the 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 mask of Tengu and the ninja outfit, standing front, and then uh, looming behind him, you've got Azrael with the big shiny claws, and then you've got like blood splatters across the page. Um, The most interesting thing about this, as well, is is Lady Shiva trying to force uh, Bruce to break his rule, and him like point blank refusing to do that, and having to pretend to do it in order for Shiva to leave him alone. (laughs) <laughs> which i think is quite funny um and then uh also throughout this as well you'll notice like because we've been getting so in the first few portions of nightfall uh you've got like the in the corner top corner of the comics you were getting the eclipse coming on of the uh the Asbat bat symbol eclipsing the original batman symbol until it's fully eclipsed for night quest and then now that is shattered and is falling away. And slowly on each comic cover, more and more of it falls away to reveal the true bat symbol underneath, which is beautiful. Um, So I guess moving on from there, we come to kind of like the point where it goes from the martial arts movie and transitions into the, um, the actual battle for the cowl as it were. So we get to uh robin number 8 which is sort of like the end of the martial arts stuff because the martial arts stuff runs for the first um, i'd say up to six issues uh including robin number 8 which is night send part 5 um oh wait hold on yeah, Robin number seven isn't actually part of Nightfall proper. So, uh, Night Ten proper. So we're going one, two, three, four, five issues. Yeah. So this is this is like the first five parts, and it's between Batman five oh nine and uh, Robin number eight, which is where the martial arts stuff runs, and then it comes to a conclusion in Robin number eight. And this is where Batman first puts his uh, first puts the bat suit back on. This is where we first get to see Bruce suit up again, which is quite a triumphant moment actually. I think um, my
3: favourite part of that moment is the fact that the second he puts it on Bane starts having nightmares about bats again and knows the instant that he's ready to come back to town it's so good, it's so good it's so good, <laughs> it's,
0: so good. it's such a 90s thing with the storm going in the background you can just imagine it flashing between Batman suiting up and then with the lightning and the thunder and Bane thrashing in his bed sweating away like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> and then he wakes up he's like he has returned. He has returned. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like <laughs> Yeah. Oh I love it. I love it. Um and I love yeah, he finally takes the leap of faith as well off the gargoyle, which is fantastic. Um Brilliant. does that happen Brilliant. in the previous issue or does that happen in this one? I can't remember now.
3: I'm I think it's the start of the, the next plot. it's the start of the next issue. It's the the start of Catwoman um in the sky the Oh yeah, because or...
0: he suits up, then he takes the leap. Yeah. Yeah. The heat's get the heat's getting to me now. <laughs> um it's very warm here right now. <laughs> and uh, um, any
3: any American listeners yes the, uh, yeah. the UK we don't have AC in our houses so <laughs> we're suffering
0: we have we have central eating and bottles of water <laughs> 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 so yeah um, and then uh, yeah so we get the Catwoman because uh, it, it, it it brings Catwoman into this now because Catwoman is getting involved in the same kind of like weapons smuggling and gun running thing that uh it just so happens that Azrael is involved in trying to shut down um so as is always the way everyone crosses paths in gotham and catwoman is now in the mix as well um and we've got this lovely opening page in this uh, first issue of catwoman actually that's involved where um she's like squeezing this dude's nostril with this huge massive claw that looks like it's been ripped out the pages of a marvel sci-fi comic like, yeah, for real. <laughs> some some sort of X-Men book or something is like hundred percent. Yeah, and this dude's wearing this like huge tech suit that just makes no sense whatsoever. Like this these technical weapons. And then Catwoman fighting with like one cable arm. <laughs>
3: Well, it's, it's it's like um it's like um what's it Mat- matryoshka dolls where um yeah. you've got catwoman with the one arm pinching this guy and then you've got the guy with the full torso but just one arm missing and then catwoman gets knocked out by like the full suited guy who looks like a, a a brainless like cyborg man it's just like how much bigger can these suited people get
0: <laughs> with it, yeah i mean like that guy looks suspiciously like cable as well like leon was saying in the previous thing it's like it's almost like they're still like because because we're bringing back the true batman now so we're getting back into what i feel makes batman and they're still poking fun at the edgelord stuff Mm. like the edgy 90s stuff like because they were they were very i feel like i mean i don't know if you i don't think you guys felt the same as me when we discussed the crusade but i felt like they were very self-aware about that stuff yeah, definitely. I feel, like to an I feel like I feel like they're still doing it now, like being self aware about poking fun at it, saying that, you know, this is not what this is not what Gotham is. This is not what Gotham should be. Like I have this whole um this whole idea that actual Batman is, you know, like this with the martial arts stuff again and everything else, it's it's what we've discussed before is the fragility and the fallibility and the things that ground him and make him all all the more relatable. And I I believe that that is what attracts the reader to Batman as a character in the first place. And that's what probably makes people favor Bruce as Batman over someone like Jean-Paul Valley. It's the dedication, the training and the will. And it's not the fact that we're just told he does that. It's the fact that we get shown this in multiple instances across the history of the character. Like we get to see him do his rigorous training. We get to see him when he's trying to get back into being Batman again in these books. We get to see him undergo a a sort of like condensed form of that training. Um, and we know how difficult it is for him to maintain that and be that. It's, he's, you know, he's this pulp action hero and he's, we get to see him off, you know, we get to see him fighting to keep up with literal gods and the amount of preparation we get to see his prep all the time. When he goes into these big fights, um, he's a mere mortal daring to face down the insurmountable and he's always punching above his weight and he never gives up and he fights through the pain, literally destroying himself for the city. And this is like, you know, instead of it being armor for armor's sake, it's just, which is what the Azrael stuff is, which is them doing like testing, testing the ground with like this, uh, this like new edgy anti-hero batman um it's it just proves what we love about batman having Azrael in the batsuit, i feel proved what it is that we love about batman and what we want from a batman story and what we're getting here in night's end is we're getting the slaking of that and the returning to the true batman and, and batman basically shattering all of that and and being like i'm here and this is this is the true what we want from a batman story is we want stories about bruce wayne it's absolutely timeless like this, this training and dedication he has—it's it's a timeless thing that will never ever not be interesting or, or be tired. You know, like I like my grey spandex-clad heroics. That's my Batman. I like the sweet gothic middle ground. Like I like it dark and broody, but I don't like it edge for edge sake. Like I I don't like an over reliance on gadgets or tech. And I think this this is an experiment that proves that Batman's tireless and ain't broke and certainly don't need fixing. And I think we're getting to see that here with this, this, these kind of like big muscle dudes wearing, um, cyber like suits. Cyber suits. Yeah. And, and Catwoman just running rings around them being Catwoman, a spandex club pulp hero. Like it's great. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that Ray?
2: Yeah, I like that meta level. I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Like, um, I like that it's a, like, return to form. And, and also because, like, I, again, I'm not that versed in the history of it. And what I've come to expect from my heroes is to be the, you know, the, the spandex clad, uh, heroes without an over reliance on gadgets and stuff. So it's nice to see them all, like, running rings around them. Um, and I do especially like this, the, this Catwoman issue more so than some of the Catwoman issues from, uh, I guess Night Quest, I can't remember where, but like there were a couple where I just didn't like what was happening in those. Whereas in this one, we get to see her like, um, relative, um, like relative strength or like lack of strength compared to say, you know, um, Batman or Robin or whatever. And like she gets captured, but then she also has this ingenuity and like this strength to get out of these situations. And like, I think there's some interesting stuff in this issue.
0: Mm. I, I, it's a very well drawn issue as well, actually.
2: Yeah, it's all really, yeah. like, clear and readable. Like, I love how yeah. you get um, a sense of her athleticism in this. Like, you get uh, moments where, um, like, she's got a, a, a gang of people firing at her and, like, her her shape is sort of muted out when she's in motion, uh, but you don't get it, like, motion blur. It's, like, the snapshots of the positions when she's, like, bouncing around athletically.
0: It's, mm. it's quite cool. Yeah. It's some beautiful, like panels in this issue and like especially towards the beginning when you get to see batman standing on the uh the gargoyle sort of looking out over his city Mm. um i i actively cheered (laughs) like i I mean like i was i was sitting i was reading this sat at work on my break and i was just like yes (laughs) 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 like when i got to that page because i knew what was coming it was so good to see back to see bruce back in the bat suit um so, I, think, um, oh. I just wanted to point out one thing I think it
2: might have been in one of the previous issues so I don't want to dwell on it too long because we've gone past it but there's a really good shot of him on top of the gargoyle like it's a full page spread and like it's really interesting panel construction because there's like two moons on the page but one of the moons is like silhouetted in his cape and it's like him reminiscing on when he did have the confidence to, to leap from the gargoyle and, and this and that like there's, uh, yeah there's some really interesting um, constructions yeah. going on
0: Hmm. some great iconic iconic stuff here going Hmm. on with batman poses swinging through the sky and everything else and it's just it's what you want (laughs) it's what you want um and then obviously i mean like i i i don't like the as the asbat suit that much especially in this iteration with the flamethrowers and the semi-automatic weapons and stuff but i have to say in this issue it's really nicely drawn You know as we work our way up to the penthouse which is where the the sort of like everything comes to a head so what's happening is catwoman is hunting these guys as well and she's on the same trail as Azrael. and then they cross paths in the same building working their way up to the top of the building streets of rage style (laughs) um to um basically the big boss mr big who is running the whole gun operation which is the thing that ties everything together um so i mean Leon, you have any thoughts on this bit? Yeah, yeah. I think that the,
1: um, like, the use of action here is really good in in terms of, um, like, feeding on both uh, you and Rahul's previous points that, like, um, the way how Catwoman is so, like... Um, the word? She's so resourceful and so useful Mm. that all these guns and all these tech suits aren't really useful. uh, aren't really a a good arsenal against her and how like she's able to just uh, body some cops while being strapped to like a wheelchair and um, the whole like uh, just dance around them. I think all that stuff is like set up really well. And there's a lot of really cool uh, comic book, ...look cool while... ...doing action poses... ...um... For, ...throughout this... ...uh... ...this part... ...and I really like... ...um... ...there... ...there's a series of really good... ...like setup pages... ...so like... ...there's a page... ...where... ...it's just two... ...vertical panels... ...and on the left panel... ...it's... uh Asbat ...uh... ...going up elevator shaft... ...and on the... ...uh... ...the right... ...slightly... Uh, ...more narrow panel... It's all the the different uh, goons with like automatic weapons pointed at the uh, the left door, waiting for mm. uh, for him to come back. And it is it is it has a really cool um, uh, I don't know like nineties late eighties Hong Kong uh, like uh, poetic bloodshed type movie uh, where like just countless stuntmen goons. Ready to get bodied. It, uh, it it looks looks great, and I like how the conclusion of that. It, like I think with Batman, it would be like some smoke bombs come out, or the doors <laughs> open and Batman comes from somewhere else. But because it's uh, Asbat, uh, the door just opens and he he's there. But it's just fire, just <laughs> cleansing fire, just and a it's flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like I am here, and it's just, but it's like yeah. super brutal. And I think it yeah. is a good contrast to how how Batman would be, would be doing things because like I like yeah. the juxtaposition. I guess it's a, I guess it's like a a learned juxtaposition where like um, normally when Batman's using the batarangs and stuff, it's like stealthy uh, attack defense, but it, uh, they're usually like really good at like. Um, uh, like knocking guns out of people's hands and stuff like that. Whereas like these batarangs are just really bloody and like mm. sticking people's backs and s- stabbing them in their hands. And, just, and there's blood yeah. coming from
0: them. They're more oh. like shurikens. They yeah. They just tear you apart. And it's just, he's, he's so brutal and so like, um, it's almost, he, he's almost like an acrobatic judge dread. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I can yeah, see like, that. yeah, it like one,
2: one thing I wanted to like, uh, yeah, add on to what you were saying about like, don't particularly like the Asbat design, but one thing I've noticed is like, and also adding on to what Leon just said, like, it does uh, the fact that he's got like these shurikens and flamethrowers and he's like impervious to bullets and stuff really does allow for really dramatic shifts in color, and I think the previous issue had like a bit where he uh, he's, in, he's in the middle of the night or something and then he suddenly spits out this bunch of flame and everything goes red and orange and purple and the same with this elevator scene where it's, yeah. you know, cool blue and, like, white tiles um, before and then suddenly you've got these, like, flashes of yellow and black and, you know, I, I like that it allows for that creative colour use.
0: Yeah, mm. well, I mean, like, Jim Ballant and Buzz Setzer. Buzz Setzer is your colourist here on this issue and Jim Ballin, mm. Jim Ballant, like... This, this elevator panel is exact what I was thinking of when I was like, I, you know, like it's a well-drawn issue. And even I like what the bat as bat suit looks like in this one. <laughs> Cause this elevator panel, like Jim Balance art is just so spot on. Like he, like his proportions and everything, the way he draws Catwoman, um, like facial designs, everything is just so spot on and precise. And there's this another beautiful panel, a page prior to this, the, the elevator one where, Catwoman is like coming out of the page, like super dynamic, um, uh, like, um, perspective going on there with Catwoman kind of like scratching some dude in the face. The blood is coming out of the borders, mm. and Catwoman is coming out of the borders of the, um, the panel as well, almost like she's 3D. Yeah. Like her yeah. arm is reaching back, th- her other arm that she's not using is reaching back through. The, uh, the the panel I mean she's either not using it or she's just tornadoed and took two guys out at once with both claws which is badass but yeah I mean like it does yeah. look re- like almost yeah.
2: almost 3D like it's really effective yeah. that panel
0: yeah I love it I love it so much because the, the, everything on it is absolutely just chef's kiss <laughs> like the the perspective the foreshortening everything like there's nothing there where I mean like sometimes like in these old 90s comics like I've pointed out in previous issues of this uh specifically the uh the, the crusade <laughs> again the bit the bit where it all falls off and has a wobble um but like it's some of the foreshortening and things it makes people's limbs look weird like because it doesn't it's done in a way where it, it's done and it makes sense when you look at it but if you look at it for too long legs look too short and 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 like it, it people look contorted and like then you know twisted or whatever like they're not supposed to people don't bend that way yeah <laughs> but if you look at this it's actually like the more you look at it the it just it just works it's like mm. a photograph it's perfect mm. but yeah so this is basically catwoman hunting for the cybernetic enabler because she's got a friend who is paralyzed and um she needs that to get him back on his feet basically um it's the only way he's ever going to be able to walk again he's a circus acrobat um, and that's what Catwoman's in this for because this technology that they're using for these big power suits, um, hinges on this, this, uh, this cybernetic enabler thing, which is what she needs, which will allow this guy to walk again. Um, and Azrael is out there for the, uh, for just for the fact that this is all to do with the demon bis and it's all part of his crusade to, expunge the world of the demon bis and whatever um other things to note is this is the point as well where asrael um i can't tell if he's covered in blood or he has red paint under the blue paint but eventually the suit turns completely red
3: <laughs> spoilers spoilers you, you're yeah. ruining my, my one of my favorite Azrael parts of the uh, of the of night's end
0: but we're at but the point I- now where the suit is beginning to crumble crumble off and turn red by the end of this issue because it's like splattered I- in blood
3: at this point, I almost feel like it's, um, it's just like battle damage from all the gunshots that he's just taken to the face since he doesn't bother to, like, avoid anymore. Like, yeah. he's just standing in hails of gunfire and, like, at the end of it, he's just got these, like, spots of, like, not rust, but just, like, almost like, uh, coloration battle damage. Um, and it, it is, it is it's nicely rendered and it's 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 thematic it's thematic in that um obviously for the previous three story arcs you already know that like he's the antithesis to bruce's batman like he's everything he stands against everything that the cowl stands for and everything but the red coming through underneath the blue like really cements it and it's also obviously Azrael's original colors are red he's like going crazy with saint dumas and his father in his head so like It's like a visual representation of Azrael just like coming through even stronger into the batsuit after all of the actual physical redesigns that he's done.
0: Yeah, Um, he's coming out, he's coming out of his chrysalis and it's the, um, he's coming back to, he's gone full circle back to Azrael again at this point.
3: hmm. And it's
0: the, it's the, um, the, the sort of like, Back to the original red colours, like you were saying. Yeah, he's coming he's coming through and coming out of his chrysalis. It's the rebirth of Azrael.
3: This issue might be my favourite issue for um, for pencils and colours. Um, I just think G- Jim Bellant was ma- made to draw Catwoman, and I think this is my favourite issue out of the entirety of Night Center to look at. Um, a close second is the final issue, Climax, but we'll get there.
0: Yeah we'll get there <laughs> we're getting there this one this one's really cool though really cool mm. um so yeah i mean like basically these guys have now reached the roof and they're both after the same guy catwoman's in the way uh in Azrael's eyes so he's not going to be happy with that so obviously they start fighting and then um bruce and the uh the bat boys turn up so bruce turns up with uh nightwing and uh tim as well because you know uh bruce Nightwing's decided to stick around he's like look you, you need my help i'm gonna stick around um he he, he wants to be as at this point in in dc history dick grayson wants to be his own man but he also um and he you know that him and bruce have have had differences in the past and things like that it's, it's a well-documented thing the relationship between dick grayson and bruce bruce wayne um but um this is like dick kind of being like well okay i'm back in gotham i'm gonna help because he's still, you know, Bruce is still his dad, in a way. Bruce is still his adopted father. Um, and these guys turn up on the roof as well because they're looking for Azrael because Bruce is now ready and he's like, I'm going for it. I'm going to take him on. So this is it. This is it. On to Batman 510. And uh, we get on to... Basically, this is the battle now which takes place across the next couple issues. So we've got Batman... um Batman five ten, and then it kind of like goes on through one two three uh three issues before we get uh climax is night's end part 10 and then after that it's fallout but um so the battle begins on this rooftop and we have round one of uh Bruce versus uh, Azrael and um it's very messy um there's a lot of uh, a lot of bystanders involved um everything everything is falling off the rails for Azrael because Azrael doesn't even know like who he is or what he's doing anymore he's getting his visions back um he's trying to he's now being told to avenge his father's death even though these people really had very i mean was it the guy that killed his dad or is he just seeing things because i can't place it anymore like, looking back at this and then looking back at, uh, Sword of Azrael, were these the people that killed his father? I think they were, weren't they? And I think that's the whole point. I think that's why he's actually saying that in the comic, but I can't tell if that's his madness or if these are the people that actually killed his father. So, um, you got a take on that, Marv. <laughs>
3: I I have no no clear answer and I think it works better for the story if it's left ambiguous. Like it it yeah. it, it, wor- it works better if we don't know how crazy he is with his crusade uh, rather than it being like yes he is justified in going after these particular goons. <laughs> yeah.
0: And yeah, uh, I I have
2: a bunch of notes like that um yeah. which is again goes back to me turning my brain off and just trying to enjoy it. Like I think you're right. I think not having the answer to that and leaving it ambiguous makes
0: this a lot more enjoyable. Hmm. Yes. Um, and we move through this fight, um, there's, you know, like, this big, dynamic, messy fight on the roof. Uh, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, we've, we've got Bruce, um, basically taking back his mistake, just trying to talk Azrael out of it, like, um you know uh maybe it's the system the brainwashing of the order of saint Damas, i don't know and right now i don't care but i'm back to stop it <laughs> i feel the same uh <laughs> you're broken the past i'm the future uh and then bruce replies you're a mistake the biggest of my life made in a moment of weakness and i'm here to take it all back like that that line there you're broken the past and i'm the future like almost like again they're being meta with the whole like you know
4: Edge Lord Batman Batman thing. thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's too late unless you want more punishment. Uh, Is that it? I already shoved you aside once. That was then. I don't shove now.
2: Yeah, Um, also, all the mentions of Abattoir. Like, Marl, I get get what you were saying now um, in the last one where it's almost a disappointment to hear about who abattoir was in the other, <laughs> in the other stories right because they do really hype it up they like bring it up a lot yeah. in this
3: film. this is what i'm saying like when i yeah. when i like the first uh recording when i was saying it it's like it it, it it almost became this mythos for the story where i'm like mm. oh my god like we're really going to get to delve in like even at the start of night's end uh when uh um jean paul is on the the stairs of the Batcave cave and he's having um another freak out looking at you know visions of his dad and whatever he says stuff like um um i'm you know i'm gonna i've got to get these gun runners and you know make him pay like i did Mecros and jigsaw and abattoir and i'm like Mm. what do these names mean and then the note that i've got here is just like i have i have deeper and cursed context now
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're on my level now (laughs) i brought you down to my level
3: but the, yes. to, to to go on to what you were saying greg about this um this fight what i love and it will carry on as you get to like the end of round one and the whole of round two is that like whereas almost everything that's happened previously in the nightfall story is like someone rises up to claim go- either gofum gofum or the mantle and it becomes like this huge fist fight that like rages across the entire city it's like the core of this is like um it's just, it's all, it's all philosophical, and um, uh, you know, it's all symbolism. So, like mm. Bruce he wants to do anything but have a fist fight with jean paul he wants to talk to him he wants to have him repent he wants him to take off the mask he wants him to give it back willingly and all jean paul wants to do is like rage in the face of his fate he's like batman is who i am because i've turned my back on Azrael, and if i'm not batman then i'm no one and if i'm no one then i'm nothing and so everyone else has to die so i can have what i've you know got my claws into and batman's like listen calm down we can talk about this a thousand shurikens fly at his face and then you move the page
4: and
0: it carries on again (laughs) shrup up, up. yeah (laughs) yeah and and basic basically because um above batman's shoulders you've got like um the devil and the devil (laughs) (laughs) because it's like they're both agreeing it's like that point when the angel and the devil both agree yeah
3: they both cartoon.
0: just say they both just say oh yeah. fuck it let's go yeah because yeah, yeah, as Asrael's yeah. as uh, visions are just like don't listen to his lies and taunts he's patronizing you you beat bane but that was his nemesis and now he is your bane <laughs> so i guess i guess that's just basically you know like he's over the edge he's completely over the edge he's seeing these he's seeing these visions everywhere <laughs> um and uh yeah this is it they just go at it um, Batman catches the shurikens in the cape and it's just this beautifully dynamic fight and we get these awesome panels of Batman where it's like the the, the TAS Batman where his face is completely blacked out and he's holding the cape across yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah. like that's <laughs> that the great. Batman, that's the Batman we know that's the Batman we want um, claws going, blood flying people are standing about- watching
3: <laughs> one thing, one thing that I love about it is that, like the B, the B side of this is like you've yeah. got like before you get like your you goddamn Damian Waynes and your Red Hoods and your your, your Red Robins and and you 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 fifty seven different uh, members of the Bat Family. You've got the core of what the Bat Family is right now. You've got Catwoman, his future wife spoilers, fighting alongside Nightwing and Tim Drake Robin, and I'm just like, yes, this is it. Like the core team, the family fighting yeah. while Batman yeah. is like fighting to uh, claim back his mental. it's it's just yeah. it's all together happening on this rooftop it's brilliant
0: none, none of that mm-hmm. wayne's 57 varieties stuff <laughs> 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 The thing is, like I, I, I gotta interject it because mm. i think yeah. all
1: of this stuff is so well um, rendered and framed um and like that first punch that he goes for but on that page that the uh, panel of the goons behind him is so awkward and i know what it's going for (laughs) but it just looks so awkward like there's something about the construction of that where i almost feel it'd be better if we if we had moved forward like a meter so we didn't see the goons but we could overhear them or something because there's something about them standing there with their guns uh watching them and like Catwoman's awkwardly crouching. <laughs> the She's doing it in the, in the other angle, and uh, like Nightwing uh, and Robin are just like senses fully checked out, just looking. It, it just seems awkward. I know what it's going across. Yeah. and I'm not nitpicking it because it, it is a, it it's a. It, it is a, it's a funny book, and these are superheroes <laughs> doing superhero things. But there's just... Like how I don't like any of the like, cyber tech suit stuff throughout any of this era, there's something really awkward about that panel, where they're watching them yeah. from behind about to shoot on them. <laughs> yeah. I, think,
0: I think what it is, is it's a fight that on previous pages and in previous uh, panels looks like it's taking place over a larger space. But then when you look at that panel, it's like cramped up and they're basically standing in the corner of this little balcony. Yeah, <laughs> it, little it, yeah it's,
2: it's funny because I, I have the exact same note, but from the opposite point of view, right? I love how yeah. awkward it looks because it's like... Um, you've got all these like close tight action sequences and then it, it pulls away to just look like a bunch of people in costumes on a theatre stage and <laughs> I, I yeah sorry go on Bob
3: no no I was going to say it does it looks like um, it looks like a stage play where all the other actors are waiting for their marks but it also looks like like you were saying you've got all these like dynamic action scenes and like um, them two talking and like take off the costume and like I'm nothing without the costume da-da-da-da. and then it pans back and like Batman and Azbats are standing on the balcony of like Rachel's apartment on Friends and everyone Everyone else is just sat yeah.
0: inside.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and they're yes. all like, you know what? Enough of this. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a, um, you know what it is, don't you? It's a convention cosplay skit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I'm> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you've got like looking at looking at Azrael on this as well. His cape barely fits <laughs> on, the, on, his, on the balcony. His cape barely fits on the balcony. It's like. <laughs>
2: just behind some curtains as well there's something funny about that image like, what, i'm imagining
0: him as a cosplayer now with like these big kind of like foam things like having to, to si- in and having, of, yeah. having to sidestep through every doorway
3: yeah trying, <laughs> to, get, trying to get in and out
0: of lifts <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's beautiful um but yeah i mean I... after that it goes back to the beautiful dynamic action and everything looks fine again hmm. but, yeah yeah
2: i do like there's a moment where um like they, you know, he as Asbat draws blood, but they don't addre- Nobody addresses it for like a whole page and a half. And the first person to bring it up is Asbat, and nobody gives a shit. Like, it Doesn't <laughs> matter that you drew first blood. You know, like uh, we're just we're just going to get on with this. I thought that was a cool yeah. moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, um. Yeah, it's just uh, you've got um, Mike Manley on pencils for this portion, um, and uh, your colorist is Adrian Roy. So this is Mike Manley. Uh, Flexing his fingers to give you some beautiful, brutal Batman versus Azrael action. Um, yeah. And then they go off the edge and, um, like the fight itself, um, takes place across the entire building. Um, Nightwing and Tim are struggling to keep up, uh, to kind of like keep an eye on things and what's going on. They're like having to jump down the lift and like, shit, we need to keep, we need to keep looking at this. Um, the police are now on their way as well because gordon uh gordon's talking to the mayor because the mayor the mayor throughout all of this um he actually is a, he actually endorses azrael as batman he likes it Armand Kroll loves it mayor Kroll loves it he's like i like this new doc and you know violent Batman he's doing he's doing he's doing what the police should be doing he's keeping crime numbers down in Gotham what have I got to complain about I'll get elected again on a law and order um platform um and but Gordon Gordon gets called to the scene um and then the flamethrowers come out and it just gets even more dangerous and even more of that blue paint gets took off uh, Azrael's costume As he slowly metamorphosizes into Azrael, True with the golden red. Um, You got this scene with the old lady with the groceries and the dog. Like, she just walked, she walked in, she must have walked into the building as all this was going on. So she must have heard gunshots and all sorts. But is that just a symptom of her living in Gotham? Like, just can being completely numb to it now and just be like, oh, well, and just like walking into the building like she's on her way home with her paper bag full of oranges and her little dog. Like... Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no way I'd go into a building if I saw flames coming out of the top of it and gunshots.
3: And a military no helicopter above it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if I live there or not. I'm not going in. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a military... Yeah, there's a military helicopter at this point as well. So it's turning into a real, like... A war zone is the only way to explain what happens next. Um, and, uh, the helicopter takes off. Catwoman is chasing the helicopter. She grabs onto the helicopter while the fight's still happening. Because what's happening is the, uh, the goons that are selling the weapons are trying to make their getaway while Azrael and Batman are distracted by killing each other or, well, t- trying to take each other down. Um, Then from the helicopter, someone has the bright idea of trying to end it and kill both of them. So he sets up a a rifle on the edge of the helicopter, Vietnam style, and starts firing raining bullets down on the two of them while they're fighting. So it just gets more and more dramatic as time goes on. Hmm. Um, And then uh, we we get a helicopter crash uh, because everyone's hanging off the helicopter at one point. Um, And then we move on to Shadow of the Bat where... Um, we get this one's called Wild Nights, Wild City. Um, where the helicopter crashes into the bridge. <laughs> and, uh, at that point, um, the fight kind of comes to an end because Batman is Batman and he's more focused on saving lives than taking Azrael out, which is the Batman we know because this is the first time we get to actually see the complete difference between Bruce and, um, Bruce and John Paul on the page as well in this portion of the story because we get to see a decision made that Azrael at this point would not have made. He would have he would have kept on hunting his quarry and wouldn't have taken time out to try and save lives like Bruce is doing now. Um first of all saving Catwoman and then uh trying to sort of like minimize the damage. Elsewise on the bridge and trying to save the people trapped in the helicopter as well. Because the helicopter's crashed into the bridge and it looks like it's going to fall off and explode. Um, all the while, this dynamic fight is still going. Um, and uh, they fall in the water. Um, Azrael's on fire when he falls into the water, actually, because he gets covered in helicopter fuel. And he thought they fall in the water, and um, he—they're worried that he's going to drown. But um, I think he manages to get away. And then uh, we've got like a little bit of a respite before round two. Um, the Catwoman stuff ends at this point with um, them chucking the uh, the cybernetic enabler into the water, and Batman. Uh, yeah, you've got this beautiful full page of Batman saving somebody's life, jumping off the, the, uh, the bridge with the explosion in the background. And just like the pants shitting fear on the goon's face. On that panel. <laughs> He's <laughs> out like, of the count. Yeah. No, it's so it's hilarious because you can just hear it. You can just hear him going. <laughs> like because Batman's just doing this like full on like death dive to the floor with this guy in his arms.
2: I do I do love how gracefully he saves him after all of like the hesitation yeah. we see of him like jumping off buildings and stuff beforehand. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a good
0: like way to bullet yeah. point like that he's got his mojo back. He's back. He's back. Yeah. And and even even the text on this page the uh, he arcs back in an instant before the savage heat blossoms dropping away from the force of the blast and the ear-splitting roar. And you've got all this beautiful orange of this helicopter explosion and the green of the bridge in the background. The terrified thug screams as death opens her arms wide. But the man in the costume is calm, unafraid, with total confidence in his body and his senses. Because he's back. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and he saves him quite nicely. We've got this beautiful uh, sort of like action panel where it's kind of like... Stepped out. I love that when they do that in comics where they they step out the action of a dynamic movement where you get like kind of after images or, um, like stepped out kind of like, um, line images of what it is they're doing in what order and things like that, which I kind of enjoy. Um, I do like that technique and it's used to great effect there. And then, uh, we think it's curtains for Batman again at this point, don't we? Because the Batmobile blows. (laughs)
2: No, we don't. I don't tru- I didn't trust the Batmobile explosion fake out. Especially the amount of times they've undercut things this entire yeah. this entire run. Didn't you also
0: knew because you knew there was a hundred pages of the book left or whatever. So.
2: Yeah, sure, <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> but even things like uh, again, not to backpedal too far, but like when yeah. we get the thing of him having killed the dude um, to prove to Lady Shiva that he'd done it, and then the next issue he's like magically woken up because it was a magic punch or whatever. Like I don't yeah. trust any fake out in any Batman comic anymore.
0: Batman is king of the fake out. Um... And then we've got like that beautiful letter in that boom, boom, as the Batmobile goes up and then Dick and Tim are just like,
2: no, yeah, not the look again. On, the look on Robin's face is great. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's what I, cause that's the thing where like, even if I, as the reader don't fully believe what's happening on the page, like yeah, at do. least they're selling that the people in the scene are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leon, what do you think of that? The, uh, the rescue Bruce is finally properly back.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's pretty, pretty cool. And like, um, I like as well as the Batman stuff which is awesome I do really like um Nightwing and Robin stuff because um mm. I really like in the previous issue where they're working together um and like they're just finishing each other's fighting sentences and they have this great moment <laughs> where they're like um because we we're both trained by him, the best, and like I do like how that sort of chemistry continues here amongst yeah. amongst this stuff. While while the two Batmen are doing their thing, uh, these two are handling their business in the same way. Uh, yeah. These two are uh, protege of the Bat. I think that stuff's really cool, and um, yeah the the panel where uh, Asbat Bat immolates himself is just. Beautiful '90s era comic uh, stuff, especially with the uh, the lettering on the uh, like. But it, it looks it looks great, and it's just so uh, like folly. Because the thing with him, he's been he's brutal, but he's like very good. And here he's just panicked and is like, "Oh, I'm going to use my uh, my flamethrower," and then just roasts himself for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I think all that stuff's really good. I think the, um, sort of the Batman getting his groove back stuff as he, um, uh, that escapes the helicopter. I think all of that stuff is uh, pure sort of classical Batman for me. And it's yeah. the type of panels seeing Batman with someone in his arms swooping through Gotham. It, it has like a, a great look to it. And it's like, um, it reminds you of like why Batman is the best and stuff. And, um, Leading up to to the uh, explosion is is all like really good, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was the explosion. bit actually, was weird for me because it did kind of sort of stop that momentum randomly. But I know that you meant you're reading these as like an issue where you're having to wait a month or whatever each time, and obviously yeah. I, I have the next issue ready to go. But it it, it, it is, does feel kind of weird where it's like. I thought, like, them, like, as bat in the water would be enough of a thing. But it's like, no, nah, let's, uh, let's fa- do a, de- uh, a fake out with blowing up the Batmobile <laughs> and, then, and then introducing yeah. the red suit.
0: Imagine reading this in real time.
2: Like, oh, God.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> imagine reading this in real time. Like, it, oh, it, it's insane, isn't it? And, and, like, would you have believed it back then? Would you have fallen for it? The fake out, do you think? Nah. <laughs> nah.
1: That'd be yeah, such right. a stupid way for Batman to die. After
0: anyway.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: But then, um, I think like, I, I mean, I did tell you guys that it gets good again. And do you agree now that it gets good again? Cause you weren't, you weren't too convinced when I was talking about this before and I was like, okay, so this is where it gets good again. And and then Ray's first answer was I've heard that before. <laughs> so Ray, are you convinced that this is where it gets good again now or do i need to because like they i think they needed the crusade they need to get all the edgy bollocks out of their system (laughs) they need to show people that (laughs) they need to show to people that they didn't actually want it and that it wasn't necessary (laughs) and i think that's exactly what they're doing and they're doing a very good job of it yeah,
2: I mean um, yeah. if you're if you're actually asking the question, yeah, I I I think it does get more interesting here. Like I think the fact that we're focusing more on on Bruce and like Robin and Nightwing, that stuff is inherently more interesting than yeah. um than Azrael or Jean-Paul Valley or whatever. Um yeah. I and I think there's there's more in these few issues uh talking about like the weight of the disappointment and the like the the gravity of the mistake of letting azrael letting jean-paul valley take the mantle i think mm. that comes across in these these uh few issues in the fight more than it did in like multiple issues in night quest i think mm. yeah
0: yeah definitely night night quest was where this whole thing has a bit of a wobble and um it kind of like it it gets we- it's the weakest bit and we've already agreed on that, that Night Quest and, and uh, The Search and The Crusade, it's just, it's the weakest portion of the saga. And I think, I think it's too long. I think it suffers from being too much. Um, and I think they could have done, could have done it like, like we discussed last time, they could have done it in a shorter time frame with less comics, I feel. Um, but yeah, um, like so towards the end of this portion now Azrael is fully back and uh, he's fully in red which is the bit that marv um alluded to earlier i was gonna was, say that i was talking about yeah
3: i was gonna say that that panel where he's um he's standing above uh, nightwing and and uh robin um i can't i can't remember if it was the last recording of the recording before but i was saying oh you know the changes in the suit lead to one of my favorite panels um, in the whole saga and um it's this panel where he's standing over them because my dad um he taught me how to draw um and one of the one of the things that he drew for me back in the 90s was um was this panel he drew his own rendition of this panel and like he he did the speech bubble but he took the speech from the next issue where he says um you know no costumes now only armor um and like (laughs) i've still got that picture somewhere in my house and like it just it means a lot to me for that but also just like the looming figure all in red that reveal of the red costume that to me is like um apex asbats you know what i mean yeah 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 where whereas the, the 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 you know batman 500 suit is my favorite rendition of it this this panel and like everything that comes after this panel this is like he's gone off the edge this is final form asbats you know namek is about to explode will goku get off you know <laughs> yeah
0: He should never have crossed the Punishing Angel. Now he has proved with his life, there is only one true Batman. (laughs) Yes. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, this gets explored further as well, like, but you were talking about the, um the relationship between uh dick and tim this like brotherly relationship they have with uh dick as the older brother um that gets explored more in prodigal and it's really cool how to see that kind of like coming into it in these first few issues here where uh, th- these issues of um night's end um get a bit of an interlude where um dick is now having a taking a swing at azrael um and uh Robin is saving a baby and a mother from a car by cutting yeah, through I, a seatbelt.
2: <laughs> I think this might be my favorite issue just because of how playful it is. Like, yeah. Marv, the uh, the no more costumes, only armor. Like, that's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> no more costumes. <laughs> yeah. Um, like uh, Nightwing riding up Asbat is so much fun. Like he, he's pissing him off and then hits him with a banjo. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so good.
3: It, the thing is, because it's Graham Nolan's art as well, it's like it's rendered as if it's like um, like yeah. Christopher Nolan's, like Christian Bale's. Yeah batman dark knight saga but like you said he's hitting him with a banjo he's, he's basically called he's like oh no your mum is so fat it's like ah <laughs> and then on the other side of it you've got robin being like um toby mcguire spider-man saving a kid on the bridge you know what i mean mm. like it's just yeah. it's pure pulp it's pure action it's, it's just it's camp in the middle of all of this insanity um, all the way up until the moment that you figure out oh my god batman's not
0: dead <laughs> yeah it goes it goes back to its own uh to, to the to the the kind of like the, what you expect from batman with the it's like they're they're shaking the the edgelord stuff and getting back into the 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 fun brighter superheroics hmm. which is you oh, know but- <laughs> the,
2: yeah i was gonna say the one the one thing that i found a little bit annoying was um we're talking about the fake out at the end of the previous issue and like i don't mind stupid fake outs that obviously like as leon said batman would never die in that situation but at least pay it off with something a bit more ingenious than i had enough time to just get out of the car (laughs) yeah like fair enough i did i I don't need like three pages of explanation i like that it just goes into this this fun
0: action sequence but yeah mild nitpick there it's a beautiful piece of art with Batman standing in front of the fire with the smoke coming off him because yeah, he's got yeah, his too. like 12 layer Nomex cape or whatever. Like, they love Nomex in these comics, don't they? <laughs> like, I mean, that comes up a few times. It's like, Nomex. Fire. Oh,
3: I will say about that page, like, I don't, we're not going to go into it on cast, but it might be fun to look at afterwards. But I swear to God, that bit at the bottom of the page where you've got Batman and Robin jumping forward.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah that
3: i'm sure that's copying copied and pasted from the uh mad hatter section at the very beginning of nightfall <laughs> like it looks pitch perfect the exact same <laughs> it's crazy to me i have to i'll have to look at them side by side at some point
0: yeah i mean that's that's a comparison that we need to make i'm gonna have to have a look at that as well now because that's <laughs> that you now you've brought that up i can see it <laughs> but yeah uh, it might be that they've just used the same poses but yeah hmm. um Cause that's pretty, that's a pretty iconic image of Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yeah. Like a pretty iconic pose of Batman and Robin running side by side with the cape flying up. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, uh, Dick Grayson kind of like, he's getting under underwater by Azrael. He's going to drown. Azrael's got oxygen in the mask. He just decides to break it off and make for it. Then you've got, uh, the GCPD just looking at the damage on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> which I just love it. I just love their reactions. It's like, ah, oh, got to keep the Gawkers off the bridge. And it's just, it's, it's like, well, they live in Gotham, so they're just completely desensitized to all of it. And then, yeah, we've got this, this other portion of the fight now, which is where it gets a little bit even more like, um, comic booky now, which is really cool, which is where we've got the fight going on, on the gambling boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is brilliant because that
1: boat looks lost. Like <laughs> it should be a lot more in the south. I know, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: right? In a different era, maybe. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: you know how what? Did it, you how know did what? It get
0: to Gotham. <laughs>
3: You know what? It's like we were saying. Um, it's like the the fight between Nightwing and Azrael is this like Christopher Nolan like uh, insanely hyper realistic fight, and that boat has just sailed in off of an episode of the 1966 Batman show.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then we got this 1966 Batman fight with pianos and banjos, like you were talking about <laughs> earlier. Just waxing with a banjo. He he kicked, him.
3: he, he him with a banjo, and he hits his head into a fucking slot machine. <laughs> it's insane.
0: <Yeah. laughs> Not only that, you've got the panel of the woman saying she's not going to leave because the machine's about ready to pay out. <laughs> yeah. <right>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: it's it's like... su- such a sense of humor in this issue.
0: It is. Yeah, it's hilarious. Fun. But this is this is what like this is what you you this is what um, I feel Dick Grayson brings to a Batman story. Hmm. Like mm-hmm. this is a a, 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 a masterclass in dick grayson era batman and in like dick grayson era robin because this is this is the kind of stuff you expect from that like this is like the jovial kind of like the more upbeat stuff that that dick grayson is basically what what dick grayson brings to batman and again um like this is you know because he 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 quips he taunts he has fun with it um and then uh yeah that comes to an end and uh escapes and he gets away uh, by hanging onto the roof of the train, um, and then he makes it back to the cave. And then we get the confrontation in Wayne Manor. So-
3: I will, I will say before we continue, the thing that I love most about the transition from the end of this issue into the beginning of next of the next is that you get yet another mirroring of the whole saga because. Uh, Azrael's basically fought his way through the Bat Family, escaped from the police, which is k- kind of an extension at this point of the Bat Family. So he's run his own gauntlet. He stumbled his way back into Wayne Manor when he's at his psychological yeah. low point, mm-hmm. and he's found yeah. Batman waiting for him by the picture of Thomas Wayne, which is exactly yes. what Batman went through with Bane.
0: Yes, are you looking oh, at my notes? Yeah, are you looking at my notes, Ma. I've got a camera in your room right now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, Leon. Any thoughts on that yourself?
1: Uh, No, it's uh, a similar point that I was going to bring up (laughs) in in terms of like it's really good, um, yeah, uh, like tying the knot or whatever the metaphor is for like uh, connecting this all together um, towards the end. I think it works quite well.
0: They they do this a lot with the mirroring of the like uh, within this. Within the whole Nightfall saga, they do this a lot with the foreshadowing and mirroring back to previous things. So like this is now um, Batman being Azrael's Bane. Mm. And, and even having and the same like, thing
3: of the finger pointing yeah. and saying it's me instead of saying it's him, it's you.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we get the whole uh, final confrontation. No, you are not the Batman. I am the Batman. Now get out. <laughs> um and it's uh, it's it's a lot less um physical it's more psychological like 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 marvel was alluding to um this final this final fight is a lot more it's uh, it's a conversation where where bruce is like you know i'm not here to fight you um and then um i asrael's i'm not john paul he's gone forever i am the batman okay batman let's talk <laughs> yeah. and uh, they're talking and um John Paul starts banging on about Bruce's privilege, about how he was given the manor by Thomas Wayne. Um, you know, I bet your daddy gave you lots of things, didn't he? You don't deserve to own Wayne Manor more than you deserve to be Batman. Um, and Batman's like, but Batman was my idea. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I just, I I love the juxtaposition of like uh, Bruce standing in the doorway, you know, cape flowing in the way that only Batman artists can draw. And he's like, listen, we need to talk about this. And then like Jean Paul's like, no, you're a privileged Pamper's daddy's boy. He's like, you want to stand there and be all cool and calm and collected. Well, what are you going to do if I fucking break your daddy's picture over my knee and put my fingers (laughs) through his eyes, huh? What do you think about that? And then Bruce is just like, well, I guess we've gone far enough. I've, I've tried. I've tried, and then it's just it, it, it devolves into like shurikens flying everywhere. But it's just like the yeah. the, the the petty schoolyard thing of like, uh uh-uh, uh, your dad's shitty, and it's like, you really think that's gonna get to me? Like after everything we've been through, let's just fucking talk. And he's, he's like, No, I'm gonna yeah. offend
0: your parents. He's completely out of control, and he's like, <laughs> he's got no. Um, he's just—he's basically trying to get a rise out of Bruce, and that yeah. is a great page as well, where he smashes the picture.
4: Yeah, like I love I, the—I love the image.
0: Yeah, sorry, go on. I—I think I was going to say what you were going to say, so I'll let you say it. Well, I was going to say I love
2: the, the the image of his face coming through Thomas Wayne's face. I just think it's, <laughs> its hilarious. And then, like as you were saying, Marv, like at the end of it all, he's like, "Well, if you're not going to talk, take off your clothes."
4: That's—that's—that's like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's mine. Take it
0: off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, he's like busting through the picture of Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne picture in tatters. Um and like Bruce is just like, you know what? Yeah, take off the costume like like Ray says and then the shurikens fly and um it's just it's just a be- again, a beautifully drawn issue. Mm. Uh, wonderful, beautiful action, like total blockbuster issue. If you had this in your collection, like I'd frame it. Mm. I would, um, the booby traps as well, like in the manor, like, cause, uh, he go, he treats into the cave and then, um, Bruce is like going after him into the cave. Obviously the- it's all booby trapped. It's not his, it's not his cave anymore. Um, and this be- I mean- beautiful moment, but yeah carry on what
3: were you oh no i was just gonna say that leads into like more sort of thematic mirroring and uh continuations as yeah. well because like the the yeah. fact that every entrance of the cave is booby trapped is like tim drake has tried to get back in and talk to him enough times that he's basically set machine guns up at every entrance and it leads yeah. bruce to like get into the cave again thematic mirroring the only way that um jean paul wouldn't know how which is the way that he first fell into the cave as a boy and like the same as um with the abattoir stuff and like what i thought was going to happen with the abattoir stuff uh batman begins you know i i won't kill you but i don't have to save you um the panel of um uh, bruce bruce's memories of him falling into the cave um it, it must have been like directly ripped and like uh what's it not stage directions leon what's the thing where you're prevising something but it's not cg storyboarding or? thank you Sto- someone must have storyboarded yeah. that directly into batman begins
0: oh <laughs> totally totally and do you think there's a zipper in that bit of grass
3: <laughs> well they did take the time to say in the panel that it takes them 10 minutes to find it and dig it out and everything but it does the way that it's drawn does make it look like oh yeah there it is Whoop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a rug <laughs> of, of astroturf in the middle of the yeah it's just Velcro together <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah I should have mentioned at this point by the way that Alfred's had enough of Bruce's shit Like he can't stand the fact that Bruce is basically killing himself and he's fucked off at this point. So there's no Alfred in the mansion. So we don't need to worry for the health and safety of our man, Alfred at the moment. He's off in the UK enjoying rekindling a lost romance with his, uh, uh, um, one of his um, co-stars from a Romeo and Juliet production that he starred in years ago. Uh, But more on that later. Um so yeah, we come through, we get to the final confrontation in the cave. Um and yeah, uh Jean-Paul Valley's sitting in the chair at the computer. He's he seems to be talking to himself again. Um and he's like talking he's talking to Damas and he's talking to his father, and Bruce is just like telling him that, you know, Damas De is dead, his father's dead. Um and like, it's just echoing around the cave basically from where Bruce is because Bruce is deeper in the cave than where Jean Paul is. And Jean Paul can hear this coming through, uh, echoing through the cave from where, um, Bruce is like out in this other portion of the cave. And his whole, uh, the whole thing he does is he, he, come, he draws Azrael deeper into the cave. And this is genius in the way he stops him because, he knows that with the armor and everything else um he 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 can't he knows that he could stop him physically but he's not it's not stopping him physically won't won't stop him he has to break him mentally which is again the same thing as the bane thing uh what bane did with batman at the beginning of the whole saga it's mirroring that he has to break him mentally and to break him mentally he has to get him to take off the mask so he has to lead him deeper and deeper in the cave um and as he's going deeper through the cave, because he's wearing this big bulky nineties armor, it doesn't fit through the little cracks and crevices like Bruce does. And, uh, Azrael is having to shed parts of his armor as he gets deeper and deeper into the cave. And there's this beautiful, uh, single page where the, the cave is getting narrower and narrower and narrower as Azrael's climbing in. Um, and he's having to like lose parts of his costume until he gets to the end and he's just standing there in the mask. And then well, uh, I,
2: I like that. Before that, we have the yeah. uh, like the night vision shot of Bruce looking through the tunnel at him, like slowly shedding his his armor. Yeah. And it feels like very childlike; like he's really yeah. small in the frame, mm. and he looks like in in a slightly fetus position, taking off the armor. Like immediately after him, like reaching into the page with his claws out. Like I think yeah. that's there's some really co- fun um, like juxtaposition going on there.
0: Mm. Yeah totally and then uh, he gets to the point got no more room to run and uh, because he's wearing the night vision uh, lenses Batman decides to blind him <laughs> the light only served to blind me <laughs> and uh, the light comes filtering down uh, from above and Azrael can't see and he is blinded by the light So it's kind of like a rebirth of John Paul, really, out of the Azrael again, because he's like, he's been reborn that many times at this point. (laughs) But this is like another birth, isn't it? Because he's coming through out of a chrysalis again, like taking off the costume and going through and through and through until he gets into the light and he's back. He's back as John Paul again. Mm. Like there's,
3: all- there's there's two sides to this that I see like on the one side you're like oh that's a little bit cheap you know blinding him and forcing him to take it off instead of like finally convincing him to do it but at the same time it's, it's like if you want to do the whole like oh ba- Batman always has a plan like he could take you know he could take down God with a prep time and whatever like it's I, I choose to believe that he realises that the moment that John Paul takes it off whether it's willingly or forced he will the psychosis will come off with the mask that he's chosen to wear it's like if he was Azrael on a killing spree and Bruce had some found some way to take the mask off then like John Paul would be under there with the floppy hair and the, the round glasses and everything and he'd be like oh my god thank you for stopping me so it's the same thing it's <laughs> like the second that he takes off the Azbat's mask he's like you were the Batman all along I'm so sorry what the hell have I been doing you know what I mean like, yeah. everything up to that point is like, there would be no stopping this murderous rage, this crusade that he's on. But the second that he makes him take the mask off, the, the facade leaves with the mask. It's nice.
2: I, I yeah. really like it thematically. Mm. Like a, like everything you've just said. And I really like the idea that it's, um, it's almost like an undoing of the Batman's creation, like Bruce's creation into Batman, like him falling down the well. It's him bringing him back up through like, through the goodness back into the light, right? Like, through his version of becoming Batman and undoing it. Yeah. But what I I think what I don't like is that, like, it works all thematically and he's out in the light and, like, we're, we, you know, we've been given this assumption that it's undone his psychosis because the mask has come
3: off. But, like, what the fuck? Put the man into therapy. Like,
4: don't just let him yes! walk off. Yes, yes, like, <laughs> 100%. hundred.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. again, spoilers. We're going to get onto it, but there's an issue where, like, uh, John Paul's just wandering the streets and, like, has a fight with some bums. And it's like, the whole the whole thing that Bruce has had is like, listen, take off the mask. We need to get you some help. Like, I- I'll find an answer to the system. And then as soon as he takes the mask off, he's like, fuck off, do whatever you want. The man is mine now. It's like, no, <laughs> help the man. He literally needs some mental mental yeah. health they uh, acting. him god <laughs> you know it's a
2: really unfortunate like <laughs> punctuation to a really nice moment or a really nice <laughs> sequence I
0: think yeah should have handed him into the police <laughs> Uh, this is. The, I mean, I like the fact that he didn't. I mean, I, I understand why he it works that he didn't and why they needed to do that. Well,
3: because, that's the thing. Ba- you know. Batman would never hand him off to the police. Like he's yeah. part of the Bat family. He's he's basically Jason Todd for the nineties. But like he's too close to the secret. But he would he would take him back in and like rehabilitate yeah. him. He'd lock him in the basement for a month, like he did himself when he was on Venom. You know what I mean? He'd try yeah. and well- fr- beat the system out of him.
2: Yeah, because the whole problem, the whole reason he wasn't good is because he was out there killing people. And like, what's to say that there's there's no chance that he'll do that again, even without the armor on? You know what I mean? Spoiler: yeah.
0: He puts the armor back on. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> but not yet. <laughs> but yeah, um, so he's broke. Like basically, Azrael's broken, and Bruce is back, and we've got this lovely image of Bruce standing in the light, and. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a really beautiful ending to the whole thing, but it's not, it's an ending, but it's not the end. <laughs> um, and, uh, we will come to that in a moment, but I just love this ending, this, this last page, this final page where we got step by step by step of Bruce walking back into the manor. Uh, you know, soon he knows he must return to it, but not today. Today he walks in the sun. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful ending and it's, Basically, now Bruce is is now having to reconcile with himself the mistake he's made by letting Azrael do what Azrael does, and uh, yeah, Leon, any thoughts on on this final fight, this ending?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Where I think thematically it's quite cool, but um, yeah, I, I really, it really didn't. I, I think it just was was awkward. Is probably how, I, how I'd say it. Where I was expecting. Bruce to like offer him help and, or like recommend like I know somebody who can help mm. you or something like that, but it's just a case of like I'm not going to turn you in. See you later, pal. Mm. It's just yeah. It, yeah. I, I thought after all we've been through with this, it just felt like it kind of it kind of guts the thematic bit a little bit because it undercuts it with real with real action. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it I know it just leaves a bad taste in my mouth and it's like that's the bad taste in my mouth that I have in regards to the, when I think of, like, Nightfall as a, as a thing and I think about how it wraps up. Um, like, that's part of like a bad taste that I can have with some of this stuff, because I think it gets really close to to nailing um, something, um, and especially on this, this read of things and um, like it it's been some of it's been better than my expectation um but like this type of stuff and it just leaves me a bit bit loose uh i, I wish that yeah. at least something was gestured to there because it it's not even the case of like I need them to dot the I's and uh cross the t's but like it it doesn't feel like a wrap up it almost it almost feels like a shortcut in how it's left and i know that yeah. leaves a bad leaves a bad taste in my mouth Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an ending. It's an ending. And if you've made it this far and if you've been reading along with us, well done. Because you've made it through, um, what is generally accepted as Nightfall. So, <laughs> you've, you've made it to the end. And this is the, uh, the final page of Nightfall it is Bruce walking away back into the mansion. And, um, before I get on to the next two bits, which kind of serve as appendices really to Nightfall, but are kind of like, I think they, they're they good in giving it a more complete ending. But before we move on to that, uh, we talked about how this was an experiment, how taking Bruce out allowed them to play with this edgy modern anti-hero in line with other books on the shelves at the time. It's, um And I think that what they have proven through this story and through doing this is they've proven that people didn't want that from Batman and they didn't need it to go that way. And I think... What we've got played out across these pages is a a sort of beautiful thesis of what what is iconic and essential as you know as Batman and what we need from Batman, what Batman is, who Batman is to to Gotham, and and you know what we what explored. It's, it's explored through these pages, like who Batman is, what Batman is to Gotham and, and, and what we want from Batman and what Batman should be to Gotham. And, and, you know, at this point now, um, I guess, uh, he's got a lot of trust to win back from the GCPD and from, uh, his, uh, his allies, people like, um, commissioner Gordon, who have had just about enough, <laughs> which, uh, we're going to come on to now. So, yeah, so that is, that concludes what is generally accepted as the the nightfall saga. That is night's end. That's the end. But on from there, there's two, two two other arcs, um, that kind of make up a more complete picture and give it a more complete ending. The first of those two is an arc called prodigal, which, um, is Dick Grayson taking up the cowl because Batman isn't quite ready to take up the cowl again fully just yet. And through this arc, it is, uh, what is explored is Dick's relationship with Bruce Dick's relationship with Gotham um, and Dick's relationship with Batman and 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 how Batman uh, Batman's relationship with Gotham as well uh, is also further explored in this arc and also how um, we get to see again we get to see what makes Batman uh, and we get to see it through the eyes of Dick Grayson who is the rightful heir to the cowl if we're thinking about it that way um, and and this is kind of what should have happened in the in the beginning, anyway. They should have, like, this is this is what Bruce should have done. Like, this is this is the decision he should have made at the beginning, which would have negated all of this that we've just spent um, however many hours talking about over five episodes. So, how many of us here actually dipped into Prodigal? You read it yet, yeah. uh, Marv? Did you re- you you read it? Didn't you? You read some of it?
3: Yeah, I read some of it.
0: Yeah, and Ray, did you read any of it? I read the first few issues of it. Cool. Right then, so um, um, we're not going to go too deep into this, but what we're going to talk about is just basically Dick facing up to his former mistakes and all the history that they managed to cram into that. So... Um, we open with Dick Grayson being handed the cowl by Batman because, uh, by Bruce, because Bruce isn't fully ready yet to take it back. He's not fully ready to go back out as Batman. He's done what he needed to do. He's wrested the mantle back from Azrael, but now, um, he needs a little bit more time to get back into it. And, uh, he's like, Dick, would you like to, uh, would you like to wear the suit in my stead? Um, and we get a, a portion of time with, uh, Dick working in Gotham as a more classic representation of Batman um and uh, you know he he feels more like a true batman maybe he's a bit more on the lighter side than batman would normally be um and uh his his kind of like um it kind of comes through a little bit in his conversations with gordon because gordon knows it's not the same guy but the, the, the but dick being who dick is he's an honest he's honest he's he he wants to stay true to himself while wearing the, the cowl and, and being Batman. He's not going to try and deceive Gordon that hard. Like that wasn't his goal, really. Uh, he was just, he's just, you know, he's being his Batman. He's doing his best. And, uh, through, through being Batman, he gets to confront some of his, uh, previous failures and mistakes as Robin, uh, a big one being, um, when he has faced two face previously and is coming up against two face now in these pages. Um, so, I think it begins, first of all, with a portion involving the, um, the, 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 um, the ventriloquist and Scarface because, uh, uh, like they, they had escaped from Arkham. So, but what, what Dick's doing at this point is he's rounding up some more Arkham escapees basically from the, the, the riot that happened in previous, uh, previous portion at the very beginning of the, the whole thing. Um, And uh, he he goes up against the ventriloquist and Scarface because the ventriloquist now has the Scarface dilly back. Um, And uh, we get to see how he handles that. Um, And it's it's not Bruce, but it's a breath of fresh air when you compare it to what's been going on with um, Azrael, isn't it? Um, I mean, what do you guys think of that? We'll start with Ray. Uh,
2: uh, Again, maybe I read something different. I, I thought the opening a prodigal that i read was them flashing back to uh two-face
3: yeah that's that's where i started yeah. the 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 um oh, ventriloquist yeah. stuff happens there's the flashbacks with um uh, all all of the robins va- uh, versus two-face at different periods in time and then yes, there's, yes then then yes. there's the kit then there's the killer croc stuff and then there's the ventriloquist
0: yeah you're right you're right yeah because he has to take on he has to have a fight with croc first doesn't he and, uh, yeah, cause it starts with Two-Face getting, getting let out of jail, um, on a clerical error. <laughs>
2: if we're going back to that one, um, yeah. I really liked this issue. Uh, I like the framing of it. I like that it's, you know, as, as I've just said, um, multiple generations of Robin dealing with Two-Face and like it being, um, like a slow sort of dialogue between Tim and, and Dick, like. Uh, questioning, you know, what it what it meant to be Robin and what it meant to walk away from it, and um, I really liked, uh, a, you know, the brief refresher on on Jason Todd as well because I never read those arcs about what happened to him. Mm. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was interesting. I thought it was a nice way to like reintroduce these characters and like come down after the the weird and disappointing ending of um, <laughs> yeah of, of Night's End. I, yeah, I,
4: so
3: I, I was in love with the, um, the 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 flashbacks and like the crash course mm. on the history of what it means to be a Robin and and yeah. the people that have filled the role up till now.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's really good exposition. I, yeah. like this coming from someone who doesn't really know the history, I thought it's it's a really deft explanation
0: of who they all are. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was jumping massively ahead of myself, <laughs> it wasn't I? But yeah, um, because we've also got the little bits with um, like so at the end of. Um, night's end we get to see kind of like the fallout with azrael uh living on the streets in the yeah. aftermath um, uh, yeah in the aftermath stuff yeah i mean still still being um you know a dick <laughs> a dick.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but a well-meaning dick now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but he actually dick, he, he,
3: he actually turned back and like threatened
0: the worst of the thugs <laughs> yeah yeah um and and that guy was just trying to be nice to me he's like look i just want to sit and drink some shoe polish with you man why you got to be so angry it does double
4: down
2: on the whole thing of like why is there no aftercare from bruce like he he spent a few issues in the past talking about being responsible for what happened to gotham and then he takes um, no
0: responsibility for it for it whatsoever
4: Mm,
3: (laughs) exactly and like it would be bad enough if like uh, you ended it with just him walking into the sun while he like leaves jean paul with the shattered like pieces of his psyche but then to have the aftermath issue and like have like uh what, three quarters of the panels that Jean Paul's actually physically in, him huddled in a piss soaked alley, just literally just not knowing what to do with himself because there is no one to help him. It's so yeah. sad.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. <not great. laughs> And then he turns up later on in a homeless shelter, didn't he? Hmm. Having
3: yeah, nightmares. yeah. Oh my god, like having vivid, horrible nightmares because literally yeah. no one went to help him. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I guess they didn't fully undo the edginess thing then. It sounds very 90s-edgy. It way.
3: might be a case of like, um, oh, you know, like uh, when they were like, oh, the fans don't like Jason Todd? Uh, we'll beat him to death with the crowbar and blow him up in a warehouse. Oh, the, the fans don't mm. like edgy Batman, do they? Well, uh, we'll get him to renounce the mantle of the bat and then we'll just cast him off into the streets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> pretty, much,
3: that, yeah.
2: pretty
0: much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. It's pretty much it. <laughs> um so yeah like you've got the um prodigal part one uh before prodigal part one you've got robin zero which is uh the issue we're talking about where we get to see the history of robin and we get the little heart t- we get uh two-face um who seems to be like a a stall a kind of like a main villain for robin for robins throughout time he's like he's had run-ins with every robin he hates robin uh he gets released from jail on a clerical error um and, uh, we've got Dick and Tim having this heart to heart, this older brother moment where, um, Dick is, um, you know, like telling him about what the, the previous Robins and the history of the whole Batman Robin relationship and what happened and who was who and, and how and like his, his, his failure with Two Face that haunts him to this day, which is kind of setting up the whole thing, um, for, what Prodigal largely is, which is, um, I view it as Dick Grayson's version of the, um, Dick Grayson's Nightfall Light. Because it's kind of like Dick Grayson, he's Batman and he gets to face up against his mistakes in his own kind of gauntlet. And there's a point where he, there's like a breakout at Blackgate and, um, he has to kind of like, round those guys up and, and go and kind of like quell the, uh, the trouble at Blackgate, which is all down to Two-Face, um, causing problems with the justice system because Two-Face has this whole thing about ones and zeros and, uh, the fact that the justice system is computerized and, uh, because it's all binary and binary code that, that sets him into his little Two-Face fever. And, uh, he, um, he goes off on a spree of trying to destroy the criminal justice system and, uh you know just basically tip everything out upside down and cause absolute chaos and flip the coin as it were and put the bad guys release, release loads of people getting released that shouldn't be released and things like that and he's just out to cause trouble basically and eventually he wants to kill the batman and robin uh as as two faces want to do um i mean i like two faces he's one of my favorite batman villains um i think i think when he's done when he's written correctly he's a very very good rogue and um, I think we get to see a, a really good. This is a really good two face story as well. Actually, throughout this, yeah, I'm a
1: two faced fan.
0: Yeah, and uh, how do we feel about that moment when uh, at the end of Robin Zero, when uh, Dick first puts on the cowl, like the true heir to Batman? You got any feelings on that, Marv?
3: Um, I mean, it's a it's a nice like. The, the framing of it, the whole, like, going through the history of Robin and, like, having Tim and Dick talk about, like, their run-ins with Two-Face and everything, it leads nicely into um, uh, uh, Dick putting on the cape and cowl and, like, filling in for Bruce and everything. Um, I do like that moment. I do like that moment. Uh, the one thing that I don't like about Prodigal is um, they never really explain, like why bruce is doing this like like if he was like if he was like i need a break like i i've only just gotten back into this i need a a, a mental health break like did it fine if it's like i need to like look into some things that's fine but like even like spoilers when he comes back at the end of the whole thing it's just like where were you it's like that doesn't matter now i'm here give me back the cape and cow
0: well apparently he was building um auxiliary caves throughout gotham because this comes up in a later storyline hmm Okay, it's, it's like something that gets kind of like retconned in and added in.
3: Oh, okay. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds like comics.
0: Yeah, it (laughs) is. It's totally comics. Um, So yeah. um, Yeah. He was building auxiliary caves sort of like throughout Gotham um, as insurance for emergencies. Um, And it's, that comes up in the no man's land storyline. So yeah, uh, that's what he was doing so that answers that question but obviously (laughs) it it had no answer at this point in time yeah so you're right (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so so this is basically largely dick grayson taking up the cowl i don't want to go too deep into it because there's not really other than what we've already said it's dick taking on former villains of batman and dealing with them his way and being batman his way which is i think the main point we have to take away from it is uh us getting to see what it would be like if Dick Grayson actually took over from Batman. Again, it might be another, they might be experimenting with something else at this point in time. It might be them experimenting with, okay, what if we made Dick Grayson Batman for a bit,
4: Hmm.
0: you know, just to see how the fans would react to that. Um, and I think they probably might, I mean, I would, as if I was a fan reading it at the time, I would react more favorably to this Hmm. because I think this is more classic Batman. Um, So yeah,
4: we,
3: I was just going to say, like, it, it. No, just, just only because it sounds like you're um, either wrapping up or looking, uh, looking towards summarising a lot of protocol uh, following yes. your paragraph yes. here. Um, I was going to say I have some thoughts about um, Dick Grayson talking to Commissioner Gordon that I wanted to go into before we move too far past that. Uh, but yeah. before that, um, I, I wanted to give Leon a chance to weigh in on the um, on the <laughs> Jean Paul in the streets. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't really have anything extra that you guys haven't covered. Um, I do think, like you guys said, it is puts into extra stark contrast, like what a sort of bad move it is to just abandon him. Um, and it's it's weird that uh, the comics are giving us this insight. So obviously they're aware of it, but then why not just have? batman take him in that, like i don't understand what the purpose is yeah uh, if they are cognizant of like it being there is it just that they wanted to have is it like oh we've got this character let's do something with them or was it part of like a wider thing that they were trying to do something interesting with but for me it it, it, it and i it just it it works to make the bat family look not not as good as they're meant to be being portrayed at this time and uh mm, yeah. in reference to the night night being put on the cow again that's the thing like like marv said uh, kind of like it just feels like a detour like an excursion mm. one of the things that i like about dick grayson and the Nightwing thing is that he went his own way so um it feels like a contrivance to be for batman to come back uh fix his mistake with uh, John Paul, but then be like, I'm not ready yet. So like, <laughs> uh, well, it would be cool to have, put you, uh, to basically create another DC comics wiki page so that we can have, uh, remember the time when, uh, Dick Grayson was the Batman for a while. And it's just like, <laughs> mm. uh, like, yeah. I, I think it is cool. Like him fighting, um, like previous rogues yeah. and stuff, but it, it is novelty. It's, it's, yeah, it's that kind of feeling that you get sometimes with like adaptations, where um, yeah, they reference the cool thing, yeah. and like you, you can be in two minds about it because like if you see the like the line or thing in the trailer, you're like, oh, that's cool that he did that, and then you're watching it in context of the movie, and it's like this doesn't really fit. I kind of wish mm. they didn't do that because it doesn't really fit this world, and instead it it feels super stark as like a way to pull me out of it because like this is something for the real fans or this is something that will get people give people a chuckle. And it's like, uh, if it's not like, um, organically like put in there in that way, it just kind of feels lame. Like Mm. not, not quite pandering, but it just kind of feels like tiresome. Oh, it's like, I don't need to see this. i like, I like Nightwing being Nightwing and I don't feel that him being Batman, apart from giving us a bit more insight into some of these things, and I just it just feels like a, a delay where it's like here's an, here's another few months of comic books, like yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It, like it and it doesn't. It's not like it's so good that it negates that for me. So instead, it, it kind of feels like a bit of, a bit of wheel spinning. It's um, filling
0: time. Mm. But I mean, it is. It is cool to see some... It's but It's like, basically what they're doing is they're giving us... Through this, they're giving us some classic Batman again as well. Like, it's cool to see Batman back in action. Even if it is Dick in the Mask, it feels like classic Batman. Uh, like when he takes out Killer Croc, because Killer Croc's out for revenge for everything that's happened to him in previous... So, like, I mean, what this is doing really as well is it's tying up loose ends. Um, So everything... That was a loose end from what's happened in the events of Nightfall is now getting tied up through Prodigal and Troika, which is the next arc after Prodigal. But um we're just getting um basically all these like uh, these loose end villains that we saw escape from Arkham. And then we're like, these rogues haven't really popped up anywhere. What happened with I wonder what happened with such and such or I wonder what happened with such and such. Well, now you're getting to find out, um, especially in the case of characters like the Ventriloquist and Killer Croc, who was beaten by Bane. He's healed and he's now, he's now out looking for blood again and he's back to his, you know, he's back to, back to his prime self and he wants to take back his criminal empire, which is the killer croc portion. Um, Scarface portion is a similar deal where, um, Scarface has been reunited with the ventriloquist and they're back trying to, you know, muscle in on the drugs action in Gotham. Um, Two Face is uh getting out of jail on a clerical error and he um is out for vengeance on robin and the criminal justice system which is two faces whole arc but um interesting more interesting than than some of that as well is the brotherly relationship that gets explored between further between dick and tim the best part of all of this Um, yeah which uh, marvel i'll I'll let you take it away because well i was gonna about
3: this <laughs> well like it's second only to um i love how savvy um uh gordon is throughout all of this like like when when uh when when dick as batman goes up to see him and everything and it's like oh like uh, you look like you want to ask something else and it's like uh, i've just got one other question which one am i talking to tonight and then like they, they get shocked and turn around and then gordon's done the whole disappearing mid-sentence thing i love that um, yeah, and also when it's like, listen, you know, there's at least three of you out there. The other one, the armored one, is he gone for good? And it's like, yes. It's like, well, then I'm happy. And it's like, I don't need you to explain the whole like uh, hierarchy of your weird Batman empire. Just tell me that that psychopath is gone, and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I love that. I love that bit. I love, I love, I love Gordon's reaction to all of this. Like, <laughs> he is like next level too old for this shit. Yeah, like. <laughs> and it's destroying his marriage as well
2: (laughs) Marv I felt like you were describing me not Gordon there (laughs) like I don't don't care about all the backstory just tell me the the guy in the mech has gone
0: (laughs) i love how gordon's wife flips at this point as well and goes from being like batman skeptical to believing in batman when gordon doesn't (laughs) yeah (laughs) like across these next two arcs like it's like she completely flips his marriage falls apart he's sleeping on a bed in his office
3: (laughs) (laughs) he actually says i wish i i wish i'd never met batman it's like oh no oh no (laughs) But but going back to the the brotherly bond thing, like that yeah. that t- that is what kept me like as much as I might have flipped a couple of pages, like I did say I haven't read every page of the entirety of Prodigal, but every time that um, those two were on panel together, I stopped and I paid attention because like yeah. that that is that to me is the entire thesis of this book. It's just like um, it's just like. Tim uh, basking in like the experienced ex Robin and like Dick like uh like having a, a, a almost a protege to like bounce off of it's really nice yeah. and like I love the f- um, when they're first fighting I can't remember which rogue it is that they're fighting against it must be like oh it's Killer Croc when those guys yeah. there's like all the uh, other gangsters who he's trying to muscle in on are trying to shoot at Killer Croc and like uh, dick is trying to fight killer croc and robin's facing all these goons and like it's like every second punch dick is like robin robin are you all right robin look out for <laughs> that guy behind you and tim's like listen i'm fine i've got it you focus on the main fight i take out the sidekicks yes. this
0: is what i'm here for
4: and do you know what this is
0: do you know what this is this is this is dick grayson being the batman that he wishes bruce was yeah anyway, yeah yeah robin yeah right. <laughs> I do like. There's a
2: couple of lines, um, and I've only read the first four issues of this book, so I can only speak to those. And I've already got a couple of points on them. But um, there's a line that Tim says where he's like, uh, "Dick has concern for the bad guy." That's a huge change from sidekicking for Jean Paul. Yeah, that's uh, I think a big that's line. Volumes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's another one, um, slightly, slightly out of tangent, but it's like they're in uh, Wayne Manor after Bruce has gone. It's like. Um, Dick's is trying to like clean the house, and Tim keeps as- asking him questions. He's like, two philosophers talked all day, and the mess was still there the next morning." And I love that <laughs> line. Like, give give me a book of that. Give me a book of just these two dudes like cleaning up Wayne Manor and discussing what it means to be the you know to be Robin, to be Nightwing, to be Batman. Like, I I would I would be there for that
0: series.
3: A hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: But it's like even down to like they're talking about girls and stuff like that, and just it's it's like it's like Dick is being the Batman that he wishes Bruce was because Bruce is, is cold and indifferent a lot of the time. Hmm. Like he doesn't, he doesn't really like make himself like make his feelings heard when he's talking to his sidekicks and things like that. Does he, he's always like a little bit uh, cold towards them and a little bit like, I mean, you know, he cares deep down, but he never shows it. Hmm. He's
3: a big, uh, like walk it off type guy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Whereas Dick is, yeah. Dick's warmer.
3: I love the um you know the issue where um uh, there's the thugs in the cinema and they throw the drink yeah. in Tim's face and like yeah. for the, the 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 panel where they show the movie that they're watching it looks like Billy Butcher from The Boys but um <laughs> Uh, when they're in the Batmobile, after um, Tim has to take the beating so that he can keep the secret of being Robin, and like yeah. he explains it to Dick, and like uh, Tim just says like Dick's watching me, gauging my reactions. He's not as judgmental as Bruce would be, but he's keeping an eye on me because it is <laughs> as you said uh, that that yeah. builds on the point you were saying, Greg, that like uh, Dick is being the Batman that he wished Bruce was.
2: Yeah. And, yeah. and and like great- Dick, Dick even mentions at one point at some point in maybe the previous book where he's like, he needs to do what he's always done, like he needs to deal with this alone.
4: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the the best thing as well here as well is like the uh I, I was getting FOMO reading those cinema pages. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> cinema? I've not been to a cinema for ages.
3: oh but yeah so we we're a matter of months away now, a matter of months away.
0: I know, I know, and it's back to its campy madness as well with the ventriloquist stuff in the ventri- in the shut down ventriloquist club with the big dummy on the door, you know, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like it's back to its uh, its, its its roots with the uh, the types of villains that are showing up, like the rat the uh, rat catcher and stuff. And yeah, it's just um, it's just it's just a romp basically. Hmm. Uh with dick and then and then we've got this uh this whole underlying two-face thing going on that comes to a conclusion where uh dick has to confront a previous failure um and take on def- take on and defeat two-face basically um they make the subway rocket safer as well <laughs> <laughs>
3: i was very happy about that <laughs>
0: yep <Yeah. laughs> yeah. they they make it so it automatically avoids uh tracks that have got trains on them or whatever and and how and like this this whole line with tim is like very very uh spider-man-y with him dealing with his life as a teenager and trying to juggle ariana and who's got the patience of a saint by the way (laughs) yeah and uh and his life as robin and also we start to get shocks of the next bit coming in because obviously ariana lives in uh Little Odessa, which is the Russian quarter of Gotham. And that's where the Troika stuff starts to come in because we get the, uh, the Russian mob moving in and starting to be heavy around some of the businesses and, and, you know, like extortion rackets, that kind of stuff. Um, there's some great shots in the Two-Face stuff as well. There's one page in particular I like where he's wearing the half-black, half-white suit. Hmm, it's, like yeah, yeah. T- it's like TAS Two-Face. Hmm. And I adore it. Um, when he goes in and shoots all those lawyers because he's out for blood, destroying the criminal justice system. And again, throughout this whole thing, there's some beautiful art, really beautiful art. I don't know why Batman has pointy shoulders in some of this.
3: Yeah, it's it's almost, it's it's weird. It's almost like um, he redesigned the suit halfway through, but obviously it's just an artistic representation.
0: Yeah, it's like pointy shoulder Batman.
4: <laughs>
0: um, And yeah, so I mean, like, Leon, have you got any thoughts on the whole two face thing with the criminal justice system and like this whole classic two face story, which I absolutely adore because that's what it is—it's a classic two face story—and then like you know just all of that stuff really. You got any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think the setup for it was pretty cool, and I like uh, like all the locations and uh, the people being hanged and stuff like that. It's all quite um, like elaborate, and it, it, it fits into. Uh, there's a level of and a theatricality with some of the two faces things, like mm. strapping down Robin but not taking off his mask and stuff like that. Like, um, there's a lot of um, a bit more sort of I don't know classic um, sort of bad guy of the week stuff. But then they're weaving yeah. in all this like historical stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I do, I do think it works quite well, and uh, like like um they're going back I do like I think the the stuff to do with like Tim having to take the beat down and stuff like that. like I really like how they build that drama and how um uh like I think what what these books do especially with the the with the, the Robins, so to say is that um it does give a lot more interiority to them and we um uh, they be- they become sort of more than what they what they kind of are as functions, whereas their functions are like foil and x file to, to Batman and yeah. to give a like a different perspective on the Cape Crusader deal. And here they're really getting to um like investigate that and get uh challenge some demons in the process. And um Yeah, it 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 is interesting it's it's almost like it's um like, this could be like the excursion series, uh, like, um, six issue run or something like that, where like two heroes are in, I don't know, Sydney for some reason and they have to work together. But because it's a case of like, uh, Dick taking up the cow, they can have all this stuff be back at Gotham, uh, mm-hmm. and like Batman's out of the way, so you can still deal with all these things without having it having to be away. Uh, but it does kind of feel like a holiday in a way. Uh, yeah. Especially with, with what's come previously, and but it, it just like narratively and dramatically, it's a good way to like push everyone together and and yeah. talk about some unspoken things, which I, which I quite like.
0: Yeah, I do, I do enjoy that, and I think you nailed it for me when you said it's villain of the week with history. It's villain of the week with weight, basically, because mm. it's got all the extra stuff going on as well. So, um, bringing this to an end, Prodigal concludes with. um robin 13 which is where bruce returns and uh he just comes back again out of nowhere (laughs) um and (laughs) decides he wants the cow back from uh dick because he's ready and there's some really um i mean we're into villain of the week because there's a villain that sort of comes out of nowhere that doesn't really have a clear origin that we don't get to see a lot of for a steel jacket basically who is this kind of like peter dactyl he look like um uh thingy from uh meteroid
3: oh um thing, uh, ridley ridley yeah yeah
0: almost like ridley <laughs> from Metroid. yeah it looks almost like ridley from Metroid. i i I don't like the design because i can't work i can't i'm looking at it and i'm trying to work out where the face is on this thing and i'm looking <laughs> at the cover for conflict and it just looks it's like they've gone for the xenomorph thing but messed it up somehow <laughs> um and it's just i don't like the design of steel jacket steel jacket is is their um Tim is fighting Steel Jacket. And while Tim's fighting Steel Jacket, Bruce and uh Um Thingy are back at the cave. Because they think they think Azrael's back up to his old ways, basically, because people have been getting taken out. And um it, it has all the hallmarks of Azrael because they're talking about armor and claws. And um dick is pursuing the Azrael line of things and he's like you know what maybe because like they're like i'm right no i'm right kind of thing like it's, uh, tim's like it's not asrael dick's like it's asrael this is where we get to see him again turn up in the homeless shelter hmm. and they're like oh it's definitely not asrael when they see him having nightmares in the homeless shelter <laughs> but yeah um so they think they think asrael's back up to his old tricks but it's not it's this this steel jacket character and um Dick's back at the cave and uh Bruce turns up and we get this um this beautiful conversation between Dick and Bruce. Um and uh we get these uh these awesome panels, these shots of Bruce looking at the um the case with the uh the Robin outfit in it. Hmm. The uh the, the Jason Todd memorial, because at this point in time, remember in comics history, Jason Todd is still dead. Um And uh, we've also got all this, uh, this lovely part here where they're standing either side with the bat in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like they basically managed to reconcile it. It's like, you know, I didn't have the right to call you back. And Bruce is saying, but I I couldn't ask you to do it. I didn't know how to, and that's, that's it. They just reconcile the differences and they're back again as, you know, father and surrogate father and son. Mm. And, uh, we come to the end of the comic where Bruce is back in black. Um, but we don't get to see the full costume. We just get to see him standing there. And um, that moves us into Troika, I guess, which is the four-part arc dealing with the Russian mob. Um, I don't want to dwell too long on this. Um, it is literally Batman's gl- uh, victory, tour, and return. The main thing to take away from this is Batman is back and he's got a new attitude towards the way he's being Batman through this story. Um, he's back in black he's wearing a suit that is a bit more armored a bit more um a bit more protective and kind of looks a little bit like the michael keaton batman suit see uh, my,
3: my, my my thing with it is it's like um they they hype up this whole like oh my god a new costume but it's like because every cover artist has a different take on it it looks like it's just like in panel he's wearing kelly jones cover art
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> precisely um and i don't like the way they draw him in the beginning Any, i don't like the art in this first bit anyway like the way they have batman all crouched up like like some sort of beast
3: he you know what he looks like and this is like meta on meta now he looks like um uh the nanobat from the tales of the dark multiverse nightfall
0: story yes yes (laughs) and he's got like this like hooked nose and this scowl and then we've got these like um these russian villains we've got the dark rider who ate some plutonium one time (laughs) and uh tried to um poison gotham um basically they formed a troika which is like a a, they are saying in this they say in this it's a russian russian for triad kind of thing they formed an alliance to try and take over gotham as the russian mob but each of them wants something different none of them can fully agree on what they want um they're as much against themselves as they are against gotham and batman all of them has got different ideas um the KG beast is there and he seems to change size a lot because sometimes he looks leaner. Sometimes he looks huge. This first time he appears, he looks absolutely massive. He looks like, he looks like an X-Men comic, like an (laughs) X-Men character, like huge bulging muscles and guns and stuff, like something out of a cape, like, like a cable type thing, like something that Rob Liefeld might've conjured. Um, But yeah, like the, the KG Beast is this Russian agent, um, who has appeared previously and has previous history with Batman. Uh, the reason he's got an arm missing is because he cut his arm off to escape from Batman at one point. Cut his own arm off. Uh, and then replaced it with a gun. Because he's like that. Um. Yeah, so we get Batman's victory tour, Batman being Batman, taking down the Russian mob and, uh, being a little bit more, uh, nicer towards Tim as well, actually, taking a page out of Dick's book, letting Tim look after his, uh, his girlfriend Ariana, making sure she's okay because her family are getting hassled by the mob. Uh, this is where Gordon, uh, Gordon's marriage is falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this great scene of him sitting in his office like on the couch with the uh the the blankets around him with his head in his hands like how did it come to this <laughs> <laughs> how the hell did it come to this <laughs> because he no longer knows where he stands batman's ruined his life um yeah the, i think that the, the silliest thing about this is the fact that there is a nuclear device inside a baseball
3: I, I i will say um i was fully checked out for this entire storyline like the the nuclear the nuclear baseball and KGBs coming in back in and i'm like eh. like i i paid attention again when we got back to vengeance of bane 2 yeah yeah
0: i mean did you read this bit leon yeah i did yeah yeah so you, you know about baby ruth then and <laughs> uh... <laughs> yes like similar to marvel
1: kind of checked out with this bit this is a this is an area yeah. that I've never even dabbled with before and yeah um, hmm. yeah I'm, yeah. I, I'm not a, the biggest cagey beast fan anyway <laughs> and uh, it just all uh, like elements are, are of it are yeah. the type of Batman story that I don't like reading
0: yeah <laughs> yes
1: yeah. so, um, and it's weird because even for some of the weaker stuff we've read as part of this uh, in previous episodes leading up to this I still think that generally they're trying to do something interesting, and there is like you might not like a full issue, but there are like great nuggets in there. And yeah. not to say that this is like terrible or anything, but I know uh, it's just I don't care, especially it, it feels so like so. Like, one thing I have with this is like, say, the West Wing, where like the West Wing. It ran for seven seasons. Um, It was created by Aaron Sorkin, but he left the show after season four. Mm. And anytime I rewatch the West Wing, um, I'm always like, i watch the first four seasons, of course. Well, that's Sorkin goodness. And then I get to season five because it it, it carries on from a um, a, uh, cliffhanger episode in season four. So I continue Mm. to season five um, and I see like, uh, I can immediately tell Sorkin's left. But all the characters are still quite fully formed at that point, and every time I like keep going, keep going, keep going, and then I never make it to season six <laughs> and every time I'm like oh, it's only three seasons, I might as well finish the show out and so i I pretty much know what happens, but like I just never make yeah. it because it just doesn't feel right it feels it feels after the important part, and that's yeah, how this it felt. does
0: it does, and the baseball's under their nose the whole time and Bruce doesn't know what he's doing in the mansion, he needs Alfred back. And it comes to an end. They save the day. They beat the Russians. Um, we get some villains turning up from the search. Uh, one of the dudes that's part of the triad is one of the guys that worked with Asp on the helmet of psychic killing ability or whatever. Um, <laughs> and we get his like helmeted shirtless Russian soldier dudes. And then, uh, yeah, that, that comes to an end. And then we get onto the most, Im- the, the, the bit. That I wanted you to take away from this bit of the story, which is where we're going to finish tonight, which is where the end of this whole thing ends. Isn't even the Troy Kurt story itself. Because like those four issues are inconsequential. You could have just read Nightwing, Alfred's return, and then Um Vengeance of Bane 2, which is the perfect mirror image and mirror ending to the very beginning of this whole thing with Vengeance of Bane. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so, basically Alfred's return is Dick Grayson going to London to try and find Alfred. And it's just like this, this little story of Alfred, um, Alfred's lost love and, you know, finding out that he had a son that then wasn't his son by the end of his comic, uh, uh, and, um, deciding to come home because he's, because he's had enough of London because he's basically got his feelings trodden all over in London. Um, oh, oh, Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) they try to force Brexit by blowing up the Channel Tunnel. There's this whole plot to blow up the Channel Tunnel because they can't... Like, I I remember sending you guys these pages in WhatsApp because they can't stand the idea of Britain being ruled by bureaucrats over on the continent or whatever. (laughs) And I thought it was chilling (laughs) because it's like... It's kind of like what's happening now because they're like oh yeah we need to tank the co- we need to tank the pound because if we tank the pound we can buy you know we can own the country and all this stuff and it's like is that not what's happening now does that mean that our politicians have just been reading batman comics
3: <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a real shame that all of the um fish mer- fish merchants on the coast didn't read the comics before they voted in it
0: exactly yeah <laughs> i know we did
3: this podcast too late guys i
1: know
0: man i know <laughs> i know well, anyway, at that point, Alfred decides to come home because he's like, Britain's shit. And I'm like, Alfred, I agree. <laughs> go back to Gotham.
4: <laughs> so he goes yes, back
0: to City's Gotham. great, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we get the last bit that I want to go into detail about, which is the final part of the Nightfall saga, the bookend, Batman Vengeance of Bane 2. Here we um, go. Here we go, yes. This is the bit that deals with... um So after all of that after everything that's happened batman's back in the in the mask and uh bane is in prison and this mirrors what happens in the first vengeance of bane comic because it's basically the same thing it's bane getting himself to the peak of human um what he you know the peak of his abilities and everything else and then escaping prison and then coming face to face with batman once more um again overcoming his demons and you know like a- getting off the of venom this time doing it without venom that's the difference this time he does it without venom and we get we get throughout the pages of this comic we get you know out of shape bane venom withdrawals bane uh and we we get basically we get to see him go through absolute hell um he comes up against um the KG beast in prison and the KG beast lays a massive beat down on him and then bane is in the hospital for a while. Um, he looks terrible when he's lying on that hospital bed with his tighty whiteys on. (laughs) Uh, Uh, he gets a teddy bear, hides a knife in a teddy bear. Um, and he makes his escape from jail. Um, and, uh, he ends basically what he does is he when now he's out of prison. He has no beef with Batman anymore. What he wants to do is he wants to get rid of Venom entirely. He wants to take out, um, the Venom suppliers and things that are still in Gotham. He wants, he, he doesn't just, he's not just got himself off the poison. He wants rid of the poison completely and entirely. Hmm. Um, before that though, he goes back and has round two with the KG beast and takes out the KG beast, nails him. He has his own nightfall moment in prison, doesn't he? If you think about it, this is like the whole nightfall saga condensed, but for Bane. So mm-hmm. Bane's going through the same shit that everyone else has gone through by this point. He's the only person that, that that we hadn't seen go through it, and now we're seeing him go through it in this comic. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just it's great how he gets again. He gets people on his side. It's like a, a similar team. He's got someone smart, someone who's you know has animals. You know, he is has a way with animals. We've got the rat guy, rat catcher, instead of um, the uh, uh, bird. Um, yeah, instead of bird. Yeah, and then we've got um, the KG beast instead of Trog. Hmm. and it just he has his own team that help him get out of jail again um and yeah i think i think it's just a great bookend to the story and the fact that it it mirrors perfectly what happens at the very beginning of the saga and i think it's a fantastic way to end it and um in my cut i would have just put this in the alfred issue at the end of nightfall
4: Hmm. at
0: night's end even sorry um i mean how do you feel about this one uh Marv?
3: um i i i love it like um i i think i said to you um pre 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 recording that like this was the only um bit of post night's end that i like uh bought back in the day like when this was all out um night uh, we've said this before on the podcast nightfall and night's end my dad bought the uh the, the, the 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 trade paperbacks and i i've read them like millions of times over um but like i remember walking past a comic shop and seeing the cover of like batman in front of bane's profile vengeance of bane 2 and i was like i need to own this comic so i like just threw money at the cashier and like just ran away and like read this issue great stuff and then rereading it now there's so much wonderful imagery in this as well so like yeah. there's um the page um it's one of the pages uh during bane's nightmare and it's like um when batman catches him and it's like when batman lifts him by his wrist and it's bruce wayne's batman and then he drops him on the roof and it's like jean paul with the gauntlets, and then he kicks him and it's batman 500 batman and then he slashes at him and it's like azrael batman and then it's like the spirit of the bat and then it's like vampire batman at the very end and it's just like all these different phases of batman that has gone through his mind and the whole nightfall saga i just love all the imagery of that um, and then, obviously, uh, that is all being told um, during the triumphant return of Doctor Simpson Flanders.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, back again,
3: and uh, Dr. Simpson, like Flanders the 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 only other real big takeaway i have um cuz obviously i i read this comic back in the day uh, i am very familiar with it but like i have uh, more context with the characters in it so like uh, i didn't even realize when i read it the first time like that, that was like that that was the kg beast like the actual like uh, his history comic book uh, character when i first read this i just kind of read him as just like big russian guy with one hand but like coming off of prodigal and like the whole like russian Babe roof nuclear madness that was going on. I'm like, oh, so that's why KGB is in the same prison as Bane. And I'm like, oh, look, Ratcatcher, he was part of that previous storyline as well. It's like, it makes sense, but it also leads, it leads into this whole thing of, um, Bane, like you said, running his own gauntlet, having his own sort of nightfall moment and like coming out of the other end sort of more anti-hero than villain, question mark. But also yeah. like um, with the same thing as like the prison that he grew up in, uh, going into solitary, going into his mind palace and like conquering yet another like horrible prison and like winning over all yeah. the inmates to get his own crew. It's like he's he's gone through another cycle, but for better reasons this time.
0: Yeah, he's the king of prison that's yeah. what Pain is he's just he knows what it, like he goes into a prison it's home to him
3: it's where the man thrives
0: yeah exactly <laughs> born on the inside raised on the inside you know that's his whole thing isn't it his whole thing is he's the he's the ultimate prison he's a prisoner that's his whole thing hmm. um, and it's the word innocent that triggers him isn't it because he feels he's, he's he was innocent.
3: born guilty basically yeah so, like, yeah. to, to, have a, to have a dream, uh, 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 like, to go through therapy with Simpson Flanders and say, like, this is all pointless, this is all pointless, and then finally have his child self say to him, listen, like, you, you, you're innocent, you're fine, you don't have yeah. to keep beating yourself up, and he's like, oh my god, maybe I'm not the villain even though kind of he he hasn't earned that like in terms like if you're looking at this objectively he's still got some rehabilitation that he needs you know he's got to pay society back a little bit but uh, from a personal level that's a big moment for him i love it
0: yeah yeah it's great it's great character development Hmm. um and it's a great issue and it's a great way to end everything and it's just it's the art it's the perfect architecture of a a large-scale comics event for it to come full circle like this perfect example of large scale event architecture for it to become full circle and for everything to be tidied up and ended properly and put back in its place ready for somebody else to go and do it because hmm. <laughs> that's what it comes down to at the end of the day um yeah leon your thoughts on this issue
1: yeah i'd echo a lot of what uh what marv said i think the strongest stuff in this 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 bit is that stuff and all the nightmare stuff is handled really really well Um, I'm not sure how I feel on like the end of the book Where like uh, Bats and Bane are fighting back to back And like quipping And it's like didn't think I'd get beaten by a wino And blah blah I was like "Uh,
4: I don't know about that
1: (laughs) But like um, I do like um, All the stuff in in the prison With with Bane and getting Bodied by Beast and then Putting himself into uh, Isolation coming out a true beast and body (laughs) and KGB. Like there's a lot of like cool stuff there. It does end in a weird place though, with like him on the bridge. (laughs) Like I I thought it'd be the end there would be a bit more definitive. Like there'd be a thing, but it felt felt like there could have been another issue. Hmm. Um, But I guess it's just a setup for the new, uh, what would be the new paradigm. The new, uh, the new, new status quo going yeah. forward. Yeah. So like, father. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, um, yeah. Overall, like, I think uh, this return to Bain stuff is actually mm. quite solid, and yeah. I'm happy it's there after all of this because in my memory of a lot of this stuff, it was all quite disjointed, yeah. and um, uh, it's why I had some reservations with this arc just mm. despite uh, li- liking a lot of a lot of yeah. um nights uh nights fall and the, all the nights uh comics um like parts of it never quite sat right with me and so it's good on this watch uh this read i should say yeah to have all these things wrap up a bit a bit cleaner
4: mm.
0: yeah that's that's my takeaway from it. Reading it all in full, in total. This is what I wanted to do, and this is what I wanted to, to show you guys in how the, the, the architecture of a complete event and how it works. To read the whole thing back to back, and and to, to to experience that, and to know that, and to feel that, like I think is great. And I love I love this stuff, and I want to share it with everyone else, which is why I make you do it. <laughs> but like, and 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 Ray, this is this is one of the main reasons I wanted you to read it all. And if you can ever bring yourself to finish it, Ray, I recommend <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> what, what
0: I'm hearing is
2: that it's probably safe for me to skip prodigal and just go to yeah just go straight to this issue Wait, yeah, read I, the alfred... what, this stuff sounds really interesting what what read i would say article.
3: is um like like open up um prodigal and comixology like go to the like the um every page view like skip <clears> up and every time you see someone with black hair go in and read that that page <laughs> <Cool. Noted. laughs> and then and then and then yeah. when you open troika just literally look for the vengeance of bane two cover and read that issue and you'll be fine yes
0: or read the alfred <laughs> issue as well because it's funny it, yeah know, i'm gonna listen to marvin <laughs> the um the the, the, the grease yeah if you're looking for the right pages to read the the greasy dick grayson mullet is the uh seal of approval <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> so yeah um in conclusion because we are here we are finally at the end you have successfully made it through the nightfall saga you are all now um honorable you've all gradu- honorable
3: memories of the bat family
0: <laughs> yeah you've all you've all graduated nightfall college you are you've all earned your uh your degrees in nightfallology uh which i i will one day make you actual degrees because i'm going to do this i've been thinking about doing this and i'm going to i'm going to make you guys actual degrees in a graphics program and print them off and send them to you <laughs> so you have degrees in nightfallology so well done um yeah uh, you've earned yourself another qualification that you can add to your CV. <laughs> uh, in conclusion, the Nightfall Saga, I believe, is so iconic and essential as the perfect demonstration of Batman's fragility, a dissection of what makes that Batman um, what makes the Batman Batman, and what adheres us as fans to the Batman it's what it is that makes Bruce who he is um, and why nobody else can fill that pointy-eared cowl. And that is explored through having other people wear the cowl throughout this saga. And and that is what we are shown and that is what was explored. It's sprawling, it's action-packed and at times painful. Um, Not just, you know, a painful story, but painful to read as we've discovered. Um, It's a saga that really does leave a lasting impression on the reader, um, be that PTSD or, uh, (laughs) or you actually enjoyed it. But um it's a deconstruction of the dynamics at play in Gotham herself and um and and her appointed night champion Batman. Uh through the cowl, we also get to examine other characters and relationships in Gotham. We get to examine Batman's relationship with the GCPD and his other allies like Catwoman. Uh we get to see how Gotham and Batman are are one, the symbiotic relationship between the two. It's it's a fine balance. Um and it gets thrown out when someone like John Paul takes up the cowl. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fine balance and it's a hard act to follow. Um, and we get to see uh, at points that we get to examine what makes a great Batman story and we get to see writers experiment with other kinds of Batman and other kinds of heroes. It truly is a complete experience as far as a Batman run or, or saga goes because it runs the gamut. And I think at its core, if you wanted to show someone what makes Batman Batman, then this is where you'd go to to show them. This is where you would go for your examples. And this is the comics you would tell them to read. This is the road you'd set them on. Rahul, I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed your time with Nightfall as the first-time reader. Uh I do hope that one day you will revisit it.
2: I, and... I enjoyed it for the most part, and I enjoyed that it enabled us to have
0: these conversations. Hmm. Yes, and that brings us to the conclusion of our, our Nightfall uh nightfall breakdown um five parts guys probably about 15 hours of podcast but there we go so um that has been ace comicals presents nightfall uh thank you for listening you can find us at www.acecomicals.com which is the hub for everything we do we are most active on twitter under at ace comicals at sdms um get in touch however you want uh, just just talk to us about comics because that's what we're here for you can find me on twitter under at bateau and the same rules apply i love comics that's all i want to do that's all i use twitter for um ray where can we find you
2: on twitter at monke that's
0: m-o-o-n-k-e-h and marv where can we find you
3: uh on twitter at marvin lafayette uh, and on instagram marv lafayette 84
0: and leon where can we find you find me on twitter uh, at leon everett Thank you for listening. That is Ace Comicals Nightfall over and out.